City 97.3. Accra. There can be no other man to save burn free. No need to change. Keep it tuned to save Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station.
22 minutes plus 6. This is your team. Counting my blessings, naming them one by one. God, I will not forget. You've been my lawyer, helper, healer, provider. My helper, God, I will not forget. It's the beginning of a new month. I'm looking forward to it. I'm grateful for the first two. I'm attacking the third month with the same level of gusto, same level of expectation. Manage your expectations, and by that I mean expect more from yourself than you would from others. All the problems with expectations is that people expect too much from others and expect too little from themselves. And they inevitably get disappointed. You're not in control of what people can do for you or with you. But you're in control of what you can do for yourself and for others. So manage your expectations this much. By that I mean raise the standard for your own performance. Drive yourself to better levels of growth. Inspire yourself to higher levels of accomplishment. If you lower expectations of people, you can then manage the emotion that comes with their failure to do what you require. But by all means, be hard on yourself. Paul says, I beat my body and bring it under, lest after I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. So it's not what you preach, it's what you do with yourself that determines your own mastery. So manage your expectations. Raise your own standard of performance. Stop coasting. If you're able to do six, aim for ten. If you're able to do ten, aim for twelve. By all means, let March be better than February. And a lot of that depends on you. Even if the company hasn't raised the growth target, raise it for yourself. You have to keep growing to keep going. Oh yes, that's business sense for the morning. Brought to you by ADB. Great news for you, giving you a special personal loan top-up to meet your school and hostel fees, your rent, your mortgage, your domestic needs and more. Helps you get reduced interest rates, extends your repayment period and helps you maintain your existing monthly repayment amount. Call 059-384-4898. Visit any of our branches nationwide, ADB, Truly, Greek, and more. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and make you want me. 
Ooh. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Yeah. Those who correlate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break when they meet their. So much to talk about on the show today. 627. Wednesday morning. But it's also the first day of March. Starting of the newspaper review. Getting into the business news. At the top of the hour. Sports. Today is also the beginning of the Heritage Month. Watch out for our honor series starts this morning. Getting ready for the Heritage Caravan starts on Saturday. Back to the Village Food Bazaar is happening in the last week of the month. Today we'll be talking about driving across the country from Accra and highlighting important places and people starting off with the greater Accra region the Volta region the eastern regions all the way through Ashanti to the northern parts coming down through the western corridor Dakwanka is my guest for that segment but don't forget Total Energies Marketing PLC your trusted OMC is the Petco of the year yes by that I mean the Petroleum Company of the year for three consecutive years we've been uh, a judge the marketing CIMG Ghana Company of the year and now we are Hall of Famer in that category. With pride, we dedicate these awards to our valued customers. Thank you for your unwavering trust and loyalty to the Total Energies brand. We're a multi-energy company who deliver exciting and innovative products to you to meet your needs. You can run away from these stars I got, oh baby, hey baby, cause I got a lot, oh yeah. Ready or not, refugees taking over The Buffalo soldier and dread like Rasta On the 12th hour, fly by in my bomber Crews run for cover, now they under pushing up flowers Super fly, true lies do or die Toss me high, only for fly with my crew from like high I refugee from Guantanamo Bay That's around the border like I'm cash Ready or not, here I come Can't hide Gonna find you so let me get straight to uh, Richard Sky and Godfred. Uh, uh, Nigeria has a new president. <laughs> oh, so no, they, no, they don't have a new president. Yeah. They have a new president elect. He will, he will be. Oh. He will be. No, 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 that's true. He, the the president of Nigeria is only one. He's yeah. called Muhammad Buhari. Uh, May 29th, yeah? Yes. Why, why, is, May Warwick, 29th? why is Warwick joining Buckingham? <laughs> like Nigeria has a new president elect who has won a disputed election. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. And the other thing I need to say to you is that uh-huh. if you follow the Nigerian gubernatorial elections, there are a lot of court cases. Yes. Like even Peter Obi's the court will be busy his when he was governor in Anambra, he was actually declared governor by the courts. Yes. So expect a lot of movement from the opposition when it comes to court issues. So yes, yes Bola Tinubu has won. And we'll see how that pans out. We also have our own yesterday. The EC boss was yeah. in parliament. It's a long coverage. Yes. So EC yes. spoke, NIA spoke, finance, the finance minister spoke. also spoke. And um, they call it the committee of the whole. Oh. Yes. Interesting. What, so. what basically, what I mean, you know, ordinarily these um, 
you know, so the, only the finance minister has the locals properly so-called to appear before parliament. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the heads of these institutions can meet committees. Yeah, you can only do that at the committee level. You know, in terms of addressing the house, you cannot do that. So they have to relax the rules. The speaker is normally the chairperson of the uh, committee of the whole, and that was what happened. So this was a committee sitting. Yeah, committee sitting. The so entire house constituted into a single committee, yeah. headed or presided over by the speaker to hear. So that explained the sitting arrangement exactly, exactly okay exactly. and we had a live on air yeah so for those who are interested I, I i i walked away thinking if the finance ministry can provide the money for the nia reliably mm -hmm. to get what is left out of the way for me the the headline of the day is, is the way where to go. ec says that the nia guarantor system is more robust than ours i thought that was quite interesting for the electoral commission to say that the nia's guarantor system is more robust than theirs no, I, I i don't believe that i i, I reject the idea mm. that the 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 the, the ghana card should form the basis for enrolling people onto the national role mm. the reason is that as we speak there are still many problems with the system mm. and the idea that you will give money to the nia and the problems will be solved mm. that one is a fallacy mm -hmm. so we need to allow the system to operate to a level where we can all say that mm -hmm. the ghana card system is the way to go and therefore let's allow people to get onto the road well, using that system. Well, that's for now that's what we'll be looking I think at it's that's what we'll be looking at today and i think the headlines captured that yes from the front page of the daily graphic continuous voter registration ghana card guarantees voter integrity gene man such a person of the electoral commission uh pictured on the front page of the paper the daily graphic has a new editor mm. somebody you would know well Tio Flossiati. yes yeah. has been appointed uh editor of the he's, daily had, graphic. he's had a long journey yeah he's done Ghanaian times he's done BFT. bft yes crisscrossed everywhere i think he's, he's a good guy yes congratulations right to him for the job. graphic that in the b for that side of. <laughs> oh really Charlie. that's one of the things have you done it before no no i know some of the brothers for the system that graphic is the Good morning, Rosalind Kramamo and Morris Kwanza yeah. and uh, Enoch from Pong. Good morning yeah. to all of you. Uh, team Goba. Yeah. Yes. The yes. team Nice. Yes. The oh, team oh, Nice. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> we giving them fun. This is innuendo. This <laughs> guy. Over to you from the Daily Graphic. The Ghanaian Times says this morning big boost from mining sector. Ghana attracts the three gold. One lithium mining firms now poised to begin operations by end of year in the Ahafo, Upper East and West, as well as Central region. Also, there's a story here that says Ghana card as sole ID for voter registration. No CI won't disenfranchise any Ghanaian. The EC chair is assuring all of us. The president has received credential letters of five envoys, and the president is here with. Um, you know, an envoy coming in from the Canadian side of things and court orders legal aid to provide lawyer for a late coup plotter. Front page of the Daily Guide newspaper. Sky, they are here. Mm -hmm. Daily Guide. Yeah. Gang busted for stealing lands commission 100 million Ghana cities. Hey, Charlie. Hey. Health Minister dodges Parliament, uh, the EC boss on the front page of the paper. And Ghana rakes in $6 billion from gold. Let me take you to the finder. 100 million Ghana CDs released to the National Identification Authority to clear part of its debt to creditors. That's a small amount of money if you compare that to the fact that we owe someone and something's 
million US dollars. Also, small scale miners expect or export 22,158.25 ounces of gold in 2022, according to the minister, the Honorable Jinapo, and some other stories in the paper this morning. Mm-hmm. The health minister's absence from hmm. parliament has been covered by basically all the papers. The Ghanaian publisher puts it there says MPs mad mm-hmm. over vaccine shortage. We'll get into details on that. The EC boss and then the six billion dollars from gold also makes it to the front page of this paper. The new publisher says Ghana card will not replace voter card. EC boss assures parliament. Also, if Kofibua is a true Nkrumahist, he should join the CPP in Elembele. Apenyo marking a sparking debate. Oh, no marking. what is this? Uh, also, Matthew Amma threatens Ayeni's seat in Borga East. Mm. All right, front page of the Republic Press. Gene Mensa is on the front page. Kukwaji Mamed is on the front page. But the story for me, Bernard, mm-hmm. UCC denies police exam leak. <laughs> so. I'll give you details on that one. And then 2023 senior high school prospectors more than marriage list. This is coming from parents. Uh, make good use of free senior high school headmaster to new students. And Tema Metro records 23 maternal deaths in mm. 2022. The Chronicle says this morning, Ghana card will not be used to vote in 2024 elections. The Electoral Commission's chairperson, Jim Mensah, is on the front page. Also, minerals exports hit record 6.6 billion us dollars in 2022 madan escapes prison sentence by his breath and ajiman menu smarts parliament finally for me bernard the front page of the bnft historic sites face climate change destruction and there's an area shot of uh fort Prisonstein in Keta mm-hmm. uh, looks a mess right now. And then uh, also uh, a story on uh, the development bank Ghana. But the big story is the historic sites face climate change destruction. The new crusading guide says NIB smokes out lands commission stealing syndicate. 16 in the cooler for siphoning 100 million Ghana CDs. Also, gold brought Ghana 6.6 billion US dollars in 2022. The Lance Minister again quoted here. And Medina NDC politics turning bloody. Oh. Constituency chairman warns assaults Susu's nightmare. Unleashes attack dogs on parliamentary hopeful, Charlie. <laughs> Let's go online. Approval of ministers designate maybe by secret ballot. Joe Weiss, this is City Newsroom lead story. Meanwhile, Jim Mensa says EC is not seeking to compile a new voters register. Minority says they will oppose EC's new CI until Ghana card challenges are resolved. Yeah. Meanwhile, NI is going to print more Ghana cards as government clears a hundred million CD debt. In other stories, Tinubu wins Nigeria's presidential election. And then Ghana's earthquake preparedness strategy is fit for purpose. This is the land minister's claim. Okay. If you go on my journal online, they are leading with EC on CI. We are not backing down until there's unless there's a force majeure, the deputy chair of the EC. And as I said, NI guarantees system more robust than ours, the Mensa admits as minority fumes. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Education says 91% of qualified students have been placed so far. And then there's an, a write-up. Ghana police, media mm-hmm. blackout. How a nationwide veto is feeding speculation and disinformation. Okay. It's a feature that I'll probably bring highlights to you on. Mm. City Business News lead story is from Bloomberg. Ghana misses restructuring target in blow to ailing currency. Okay. That's the analysis. Meanwhile, Finance Ministry expects improved credit rating to enhance engagement with external creditors. 
and then we've had this already 600,000 barrels of russian fuel shipped to ghana it's also a bloomberg source story in the uh, sports news asafa powell is here to inspire every ghanaian mm. doing sports goc president Adra traditional council appeals for monument in achus honor mm-hmm. and um we are also told that Zamalek president jailed for a month for insulting Al Ahli rival. Yeah. In the Nigeria news, every story is about Tinubu. I'll give you a flavor of the stories. Channels TV. Mm. Tinubu wins Nigeria's president elections. It's Tinubu's turn. Former Lagos governor declared Nigeria's president elect. If you go to Arise News, Tinubu declared Nigeria's president elect by INEC. <laughs> Meanwhile, Buhari congratulates Tinubu. He says he's the best man for the job. Hey. Ask opposition to seek redress in court, not the streets. If you go to Premium Times as well, Buhari congratulates Tinubu, accuses Atiku and Obi of inflaming Nigerians. And then there's an acceptance speech by President elect Bola Tinubu, also featured Reuters this morning. Two trains collide in Greece. Mm. At least 32 people killed, 85 injured. What's happening in that region? Meanwhile, um, China's abrupt reopening sparks student accommodation crisis in Australia. Only you can explain this to me. <laughs> How China's abrupt reopening mm-hmm. sparks student accommodation crisis in Australia. Only Godfred understands this type of thing. <laughs> then there's a, a very good insight called the soils of war mm-hmm. the toxic legacy for ukraine's bread basket food wow. production a year after the war bloomberg is leading with nigeria's latest tinubu wins opposition cries foul so many stories this morning from all over the world yeah. and uh, i don't know which one you are also interested in this morning well let me just quickly mention that the herald um says this morning that confusion over russian 600,000 barrels of crude oil shipped to ghana mm. also we are told john mahama declares ex presby church moderator wanted oh. and then also court uh, pronounces gi directors removal unlawful awards massive ja- damages mm. and Ken Furiata quickly finds 100 million ghana cities to pay nia debt meanwhile the fbi chief says that this covid matter christopher reed who who, who is the fd and fbi chief says the covid origin likely china lab incident so they are still talking that this covid matter no? this for china <laughs> your people with really started something Wuhan virus that's what they allege <laughs> Charlie, this matter. Let's so, go into so the where are we been starting from well, the oh, easy of course, matter. Easy matter. Uh, mm-hmm. we have our own so front page of the daily graphic then the chairperson of the electoral commission Jean Mansa has told parliament that the use of the Ghana card as the sole identification document for continuous voters registration will guarantee the credibility and integrity of the country's voter register and aid elections as a whole the part of the executive secretary of the National Identification Authority, Professor Kenatefa, he insisted that his outfit was ready to issue Ghana cards to eligible citizens, uh, eligible citizen voters to aid the EC in the registration process. Equally, mm-hmm. the finance minister, Kenoferata, gave the assurance that the new the government would honor all financial commitments necessary to drive voter registration processes. Mm-hmm. However, the minority members of parliament were not convinced about the process to make the Ghana card the sole identification document for the registration and advanced arguments backed with questions to support yeah. their position. So if, you, well, if, you, if you think the overall story, mm-hmm. the minority say until the, the NIA addresses its challenges, they yeah. will support the CI. Mm-hmm. 
the NIA have financial challenges that the financial minister said they will help them resolve. Mm-hmm. NIA says we will also print the cards. Mm-hmm. EC says we will rely on NIA. Yeah. So it's like a whole chain of events. Mm-hmm. If this happens, this will happen. happen. If this doesn't happen, this will not happen. Mm-hmm. So all we can say is watch this space. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bernard, we are told though that 100 million uh, Ghana cities has been released to the NIA. You know, mm-hmm. the folks, the private uh, partners in this whole matter have been holding the cards hostage mm-hmm. because they've not been paid. Mm-hmm. Now, we're told that government has released, according to the final newspaper, quoting the finance minister who was in parliament yesterday, mm-hmm. 100 million Ghana cities to the National Identification Authority as the first tranche of payments to clear debts owed uh, its creditors. Now, finance minister Ken Furieta, who disclosed this in parliament, explained that 80 million Ghana cities was paid first and 20 million Ghana cities was paid just yesterday. Now, according to him, government has reached an agreement with Calbank mm. on timelines to clear the National um, Identification Authority debt. And it goes on to say that the finder has learned mm-hmm. that the NIAO suppliers and bankers that has uh, been negotiated with all... Mm, hold on. We, we understand the story. So okay. It basically, we, the we, amount we, we are un- talking we about... We understand the story. They will release 100, the money. Uh-huh, $170 million. Now, I want him to stay in parliament. Mm-hmm. Yes, because, because the MPs are not happy with uh, the health minister, and the Ghanaian publisher carries this. Uh, other newspapers are also carrying this story. Mm-hmm. The Committee on Health in Parliament mm-hmm. has expressed disappointment at the failure of the Minister of Health, Kukwajibamenu, to provide prompt explanation to the cause of shortage of some vaccines in the country. The Ministry of Health, along with the Ghana Health Services, the Global Fund, the Ministry of Finance, and the Vaccine Control Program, failed to show up at a meeting with the committee to discuss the shortage. Hmm. The only agency that made it to the meeting, the NHIA, that's the National Health Insurance Authority, explained it had honored its financial obligation with respect to statutory payments for vaccines. Now, Chairman of the committee, Dr. Ayuafri, described the failure of the ministry to show up as a missed opportunity to address a very pressing issue related to the health of the Ghanaian people. Did the, did the minister give a reason for not showing up? No, he was not there, so he couldn't have even given any reason. I think they have he to... He didn't be, send a deputy. Didn't send well, the committee doesn't tell us that they, they had any indication. So for the that. only agency was the Ghana Health Service? Yes, it's completely... The, the NHIE. NHIE. Yes. So the minister didn't go? Mm. Meanwhile, the minister, there's a report before parliament on the minister. You know this vaccine thing that the Honorable Apenio Marking and his... Uh, but do you know if the people ministry was properly invited ah, we all saw the letter that was at, addressed to the ministry no but that was in, in the media no the letter was sent to them no you, and my you, information you, 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 is that they received me i'm just playing it. i'm saying that you uh-huh. can see something in the news but you have to be properly served i'm not saying that they they are justified you're not going uh-huh. but let's also ascertain that they were properly invited my there. information is that they were properly served so they snubbed the, the, the committee it would seem unless he comes out to explain that okay he was indisposed or some, what some can, what, what can the committee do well i mean they, they so know that subpoena. yes pro- properly to appear before them let's stay in parliament mm. approval of ministers designate will be by secret ballot according to joe wise chairman of the appointments committee uh, joseph osewusu who's also the first deputy speaker of parliament says uh, the approval of some pres- of the president's uh, or the president's nominees for minister may i don't know if it's a may or will will be done through secret ballot mm-hmm. he said the minister the minorities refuse to support the approval process at the committee level will force a secret ballot when the report is presented to the house this week so well the reason is that they are still negotiating what should happen um, if the minority people decide to support eventually and there's a consensus, 
then they go to the house with a report recommending that it be approved by consensus in which case there will not be need for uh, a secret ballot to determine who goes through the however mm -hmm. if it is a majority decision then there'll have to be a secret ballot then in which case you can't even be sure if the mpp people would support uh, all of them i'm jumping to nigeria and i'll come back to ghana so the next big story is nigeria and uh, Bola Ahmed Tinubu mm -hmm. has been declared president-elect. This story is on channels television and it says he pulled 8.7 million votes to defeat Atiku Abu Bakar, who got 6.9 million and Peter Obi got 6.1. So if you put Peter Obi and Atiku together, they had almost 13 million votes. But Bola Ahmed Tinubu wins with 8 million. Story says Bola Ahmed Tinubu of the APC has been declared winner of the arguably Nigeria's most hotly contested and high-stakes presidential election. Chairman of INEC Professor Mahmoud Yakubu announced the former Lagos governor's victory minutes past 4 a.m. on Wednesday at the National Coalition Center in Abuja, a hall packed with journalists, party agents, and observers. Now, two quick related stories. Muhammadu Buhari, the sitting president, has been congratulating Bola Ahmed Tinubu and has been accusing the opposition of inflaming Nigerians. So this is the president. Mm -hmm. Mr. Buhari says uh, Mr. Atiku and Mr. Obi should go to court if they feel aggrieved about the processes that produce Mr. Tinubu. And you know, for them, there's um, about three months between today and when the man is sworn in. So that's May 29. Yeah. So if they went to court, there's still it's a bit of time. Mm -hmm. Now, President has congratulated the winner of the election and he has called on the opposition to send their grievance not to the streets but to the courts mm. and then there's a last one here that sort of just ties everything together where the uh, one of the analysts says that INEX failure to upload results to the IRF doesn't invalidate the coalition process because that's one of the hotly contested issues mm -hmm. where the opposition has been saying contrary to the election law and the promises made by the INEC the results were not uploaded onto the, um, the so-called portal. portal. I read. Meanwhile, the Director of Democracy and Governance, uh, Connected Democracy, has defended INEX vote coalition at the coalition center and says, despite flouting the regulations on electoral transmission, INEX coalition procedures is backed by the law. This is one of the things that they will be debating in that country the whole of today. Let's come back to Ghana. Okay, uh, let me take you to the mining sector. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, I'll stay with uh, you there. There's a story in the Ghanaian Times front page, Cliff Ekofu writing uh, the details in uh, on page 11 of the paper, saying that Ghana attracts three gold, one lithium mining firms, poised to begin operations by the end of the year at Ahafo, Upper West, uh, Upper East, West and Central regions. And the story says that a total of four new large-scale mining companies are expected to start operations in the country within the next 24 months, the Minister of Lands and Natural Resources, uh, Mr. Samuel Abujinapo, has announced. Now, according to him, the new mines will comp comprise three gold mining firms and one lithium mining uh, company and will boost the country's mining receipts as well as create new employment opportunities for the EU. Now, the four I have for North, um, Azuma Resources, Iwoya and Cardinal Resources will be located in Ahafu. Um, the Upper East, 
and west and the central regions mm. and then also mr jinapodi closed this in accra yesterday now we're told that um the operations of the gold industry brought in some 6.6 .6 billion dollars mm -hmm. uh, in 2022 alone and the details of that captured on the front page of the new crusading guide again quoting the minister responsible for lands and natural resources. i'll stay in that sector on page two of the daily guide ghana recorded six billion dollars in revenue from gold in 2022 making the mining sector the leading source of export revenue for the country. This was revealed by the sector minister, Samuel mm -hmm. Abujinapoat. Uh, they are meeting the press. Now, mm -hmm. I'll take you to the Herald newspaper on page 3. Mm -hmm. And they are talking about the 600,000 barrels of crude that have been shipped to Ghana. Mm -hmm. It says confusion mm -hmm. over a Russian 600,000 barrels of crude shipped to Ghana. The Herald is picking up mixed signals as to the real owners of the 600,000 tons of Russian fuel which have been shipped and stored in Ghanaian tanks as revealed by Bloomberg. While some have linked the consignment to a Tema-based company by name Platin, others have sought to tie it to the government of Ghana, saying Platin doesn't have the capacity to take delivery of such a huge consignment as the company can only refine a paltry 20,000 tons. Mm -hmm. The Herald's checks on the current position of Theseus. The crude oil carrying the huge consignment said it is at West Africa, reported eight days ago by AIS. So let's stick with, let's stay with issues regarding lands and, and the mines. Um, and energy for that matter. There's a story on page three of the new crusading guide actually announced on the front page is by NS Addo. It says NIB smokes out lands commissions stealing syndicate. And NIB is not the bank. Yeah, it's that's the right. National Investigations Investigation Bureau. Bureau. Now the story by NS Addo says 16 people out of 21, a uh, 21 member syndicate whose side hustle is stealing draft checks meant for the land commission are languishing in custody, mm. unable to meet the two million Ghana city and three sureties bail condition after they were arrested by the officials of the National Investigation Bureau, formerly known as the Bureau of National Investigations, BNI. Now, the suspects identified as Frederick Okai, Gideon Obeng Mensa, and Dustete Entry, Frank uh, Kwame, Dako, Jude Odum, Yamwa, Emmanuel Mauli, Bani, um, Sanso Achia, Gilbert uh, Awuvi, Isaac Kakari Jr., Elias Bonsu, Sani Mohammed, Isa, David uh, what, Anto. What have they done? They, so the, the story basically alleges that when draft checks are sent to the commission, mm -hmm. they for some reason steal it or manipulate the system, the, 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 the checks, mm -hmm. and then use that to go and steal resources meant for the How commission. long have they been doing this? Uh, well, the details uh, basically don't state that. If you look at it, uh, they just give figures uh, that are, are, are um, what do you call it? Within because uh, of the amount they've stolen. Yeah, and then uh, well, sometime somewhere towards the end of the story, they say because that the, uh, the they, daily guy version says they were said to have committed million. a crime for three years. What I'm saying is that between the year twenty twenty one. The daily guy's version mm -hmm. is that sixteen out of twenty one members of the syndicate have been caught, and that the amounts in, in terms of the value of what they've been stealing yeah. is up to a hundred million CDs. Yeah, that 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 figure is also mentioned here, but uh -huh. we're, we're in response to your question. The story suggests that the crimes allegedly committed were between the years 2021 and 2023. Now, the 91% the of qualified students have been successfully placed so far. Mm -hmm. I know parents are still scrambling. Some are looking for schools they are not getting. Yeah, the we're told the total of 492,437 students representing 91% of the 500,000 candidates who qualify for placement have, as of Sunday, the 26th of February, 9.30 a.m., being successfully placed in their SHS and TVETs of choice. This is an improvement on the 69% who were placed 
in or by Friday. Mm. The press secretary of the minister, Felix Bedu, who disclosed this to the media on Sunday, explained mm. that the 119,716 candidates were those who used the self-placement system for selection of their schools of choice. Mm-hmm. And it was upbeat that the remaining 9% would surely go through the process within this week. As we know, reopening was on the 27th. Mm-hmm. Some people went to school yesterday. Some will go today. A few are still looking for places. Hopefully by Friday, everybody will be What What was this business though? Something you just read caught my eye. Um, most of the ministers have ministry PROs and they have their personal press offices. But you know you did a, a compilation for me of the... Yes, yes. If you do the same for the ministries, you'll find similar things. So you have the so ministry's PRO and then there's the the, the minister's PRO. No, but why would the minister's personal PRO be commenting? The press secretary of the minister. The press secretary of the minister comments on something that the, is official state policy. You yeah, so, so that should be Kusi Kwarteng talking. Maybe Kusi, not the minister's maybe personal. Kusi, you, you get it. How does that function? It was Sundays when Kusi Kwarteng was in church. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> one I don't know. So the story says the press secretary to the minister. No, but we need to do these things well. We cannot have a situation where there's a designated PRO of a ministry who speaks on policy. It's, it's been like that, and that, then, in, the, in, the, in that for a while. For a while, yes, I know, because Napo had his. For example, uh, 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 what's the guy's uh, name? As you can see, I'm at the sports minister had a PR at the ministry, had yes. his own yes. spokesperson. Yes. And the, but who still spoke on the ministry? I don't know. On behalf of the ministry. The minister of education has a press secretary. His who name is The ministry has a head of communication. Who pays them? I don't understand. So who is seen? Who are they repeating who? what happens at the national level? So where you have the if president? You don't know who is paying. It means you are the one paying. Once you don't know who is paying, it's going to pay. No, but but but, but we can it's, it's a serious matter. We, we, we need to pay. We need to two things. We need to find out whether this is just an education ministry issue. It is not. It is not. Like that's what I'm telling. Professor Sarebako was spokesperson to Isaac Isiama. Whilst the Ministry of Sports had a PR, Napo had his. So what I'm saying is that, so let's, and take, let's, let's, has, let's go to Ministry of Lands. Uh-huh. Does Abuja Napo have his own press secretary? Let's go to Ministry of Energy. Does uh-huh. Napo have his own press secretary? Uh-huh. Let's go to Ministry of Information. Does uh-huh. Kojo Pankuma have his own press secretary? That's what I'm saying. Let's, let's check whether this is an education ministry habit. Uh-huh. That may be some ministers have brought in, or this is now the new system. Uh, this one, then you let me take you international quickly. No, stay with me before you go international. BNF, you had a story I wanted to tell you about it. The historic sites, it's it's uh, it's dealing with climate change, it's uh, something Richard and Equia did. It's it's uh, okay, an, an okay, opinion let's, let's go that let's go oh, quickly. Okay, go let me take you to Kenya. Uh, and also the French president is in, is around. He's hovering around. He's visiting. Nobody, nobody <laughs> he's checking. He's going. He's visiting some countries. On page five of the Daily Graphic, and he said that he has unveiled France's new Africa strategy, okay. which will see a reduction in its troops on the continent as more local forces co-run its bases. Like I said, he's visiting a couple of other countries. Uh, Kenyan over one thousand Kenyan traders protested in Nairobi on Tuesday against Chinese traders. Okay. Demonstration comes in the wake of the opening of China Square retail outlet which deals in general merchandise and peg prices at an average of 45% lower than those prevailing in locally owned enterprises. Now, let me take you to ch- uh, COVID. Okay. FBI chief says that the China lab, FBI director Christopher Ray, this is BBC, mm-hmm. has said that the bureau believes that COVID-19 mm-hmm. most likely originated in a Chinese government-controlled lab. Mm-hmm. The FBI has for quite some time now Assented that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident, he told Fox News. It is the first public confirmation of the FBI's classified judgment of how the pandemic virus emerged. Right. China has denied a lab leak in Wuhan, calling the allegation defamatory. Okay. Mr. Ray's comments come a day after the U.S. ambassador to China 
called for the country to be more honest about COVID's origins. In his interview on Tuesday, Mr. Ray said China has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate efforts to identify the source of the pandemic. Okay. And that's unfortunate. <laughs> Some studies suggest the virus made the leap from animals to humans in Wuhan, China, possibly at the city's seafood and wildlife market. The market is a 40-minute drive from a world-leading virus lab, mm -hmm. the Wuhan Institute of Virology which conducted research into the coronavirus. You know, some people have also suggested that this virus may have originated from Ukraine and that the hey, Americans know something Ukraine? about it. Ukraine? Yeah, I mean, all kinds of allegations have been made in the academia. Ukraine. Yeah, that's right. So the uh, claim is that that's why they are seeking... Ukraine... All kinds of allegations get thrown about. There's a very good article in Reuters uh -huh. about how Russian shelling and unexploded uh, stuff Shell. in the fields mm -hmm. have affected ukraine's green oh, farms hmm. tractors missing machinery bent and the world goes hungry and talking about um millet uh, what do you call it grains there's a story on page 14 of the ghanaian times please get it and read it ghanaians are being urged mm -hmm. by the indian high commission in ghana to consume millet for um healthy life that's what i eat millet uh, do we? Uh, yeah. We grow millet in the north, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And parts of the the southern belt also. Millet, millet is actually no, very it's good. Correct. Millet is very good. But I don't, I don't get it that often in the markets. Oh really? No, you. I can't be supplying. Oh, you. Yeah, you have to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, have to, I'll supply you. you. Yeah. I am. Yeah. You have a Oh yeah, yeah. I mix it with some other things. No, no brothers. If you need more than a Charlie, oh, it's nice. This guy is the person to call. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. City Business News coming up next. Brought to you by MTN. Have you wondered how to subscribe to a particular MTN service and how to view, add, or cancel your mobile subscription all from one place? Dial star one seven five hash to access and manage all your subscriptions everywhere you go. Netele Nete Ajaho is joining us with the breakfast edition of City Business News. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. And welcome to the morning's edition of the City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle, and by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, stakeholders in the oil and gas sector urge government to be open in its transactions with Russia to avoid putting the economy at risk, and government refutes claims of struggling to pay public sector workers. To our stories now, and the Institute of Energy Security, IAS, is calling on authorities to be transparent with any transactions that involve the arrival of the 600,000 barrels of oil on the shores of the country. Bloomberg had earlier reported that its tanker tracking data had picked intelligence of a full cargo shipped from Russia into Ghana. In an interview with City Business News Executive Director of IES, Nana Moise the Seventh, indicated that uptakers of the said shipment is platoon oil whose refinery capacity raises suspicion. What we know is that this cargo arrived in Ghana last Friday and is destined to be discharged into tomorrow refineries crude oil tanks and the off-taker of this cargo is platon oil we have become quite suspicious of this 
cargo and the issues relating to it because Platon is a very small refinery. The refinery capacity is not more than 5,000 metric ton per day. And so for this entity to receive a cargo of close to 600,000 barrels um, becomes quite suspicious. This is the first time Platon is taking a cargo of that size. And we ask ourselves, could it be that Platon is fronting for somebody or a different entity? We want to see transparency, some form of further and better particulars on this cargo. He further urged government to be mindful of its earlier posture of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and direct all its trade transactions in order not to break any protocols that may jeopardize the economy. Taking note of the president's posture on Russia, suggesting that we are not support of Russia and will not cooperate to any elements or issues surrounding that country for the sake of Russia attacking Ukraine. And so if the president takes this position in the name of the country that we are uncooperative of Russia, then we should not be receiving a cargo from Russia. Somebody will say that this is a private entity platform receiving a cargo. However, if we agree to this situation, it could have a reputational damage and some death consequence on the country, particularly when we are going for an IMF program, we are careful and we must be careful not to engage in any endeavor or venture that may, in fact, impact negatively on the direction the country is seeking to take. That was the executive director of the Institute of Energy Security, Nana Amwisi Seventh. Minority leader Dr. Kesel Atufosin has alleged that government is struggling to pay public sector workers their February salaries. He referenced a tweet by the Commercial Bank, which hinted at challenges that had hit the processing of salaries from the Accountant General's Department. Dr. Kesel Atufosin spoke on the floor of Parliament. So speak as we speak today. Government is unable to pay for salaries. Salaries. In fact, if you check Bank of Ghana, uh, Ghana Commercial Bank Twitter page today, now, now, you can check now. They said they are unable to pay salaries. So if you are unable to pay salaries, how can we take assurances that you are ready to pay $170 million? So speak, I can read it. I'll be here. I'll be here. So, so what is the basis? You can't pay salaries. And if you can't pay salaries, how can we take that assurances as basis for you to make a law? Go and pay first. Let's make sure that the ordinary Ghanaian, at the minimum, at the minimum, can get access to the Ghana card. Let's speak another important point. Another important point. Let's speak Meanwhile, the finance minister, Keno Furiata, has denied the claims. According to him, government has not reneged on its promises. The minority leader just got um, a tweet from maybe GCB indicating that there had been some data challenges or salary processing. And in his own way, what we call terminological inexactitude, is interpreting that as the Republic of Ghana not having money to pay salaries. That is wrong and that is disingenuous and we should not allow that to be perpetuated.
That was Finance Minister Ken Ofuriata. You earlier heard Minority Leader Dr. Kesel Atu Forsen. The Bank of Ghana has indicated that it is unfortunate that women entrepreneurs in the country still struggle to access loans to run their businesses. At 45%, Africa has the highest participation of women in businesses globally. However, the continent also records the lowest of 4% when it comes to access to finance for female entrepreneurs. Speaking at the launch of the Affirmative Finance Action for Women in Africa finance series in the country, the second deputy governor of the central bank, Elsie Ado Awaji, commended the African Development Bank and the Ghana Association of Banks for the initiative to make it easier for women in business to access loans. That was the second deputy governor of the Bank of Ghana, Elsie Ado Awaji. Tax consultant Dr. Alex Ampabing has expressed worry over the potential impact of government's proposed growth and sustainability levy on the financial sector's growth. The aim of the levy, which is intended to raise revenue for economic growth and fiscal sustainability, is to generate approximately $2 billion in revenue by imposing a 5% levy on financial sector businesses' quarterly profits. However, Dr. Ampabing contends that the financial sector businesses are already heavily taxed and as a result, the proposed levy may overburden them. Another significant concern is how this is going to impact on the financial sector. The financial sector, which has been hardly hit by the ongoing debt restructuring, as over a third of the government debt belongs to that sector. The sector is already been subject to financial sector cleanup levy and all other taxes, all other institutions are subject to. Now, adding this additional 5% as a growth and sustainability levy is going to make the sector, I think, a bit difficult to be competitive. We also need to look at the fact that this levy is non-tax deductible. The government is proposing that whatever amount spent will not be tax deductible. So it becomes a complete expense. How is that going to affect the sector? 
Dr. Alex Mpabeng is a tax consultant. Now on the interbank foreign exchange markets with Bank Street amongst themselves, the dollar remained unchanged and is selling at 11 cities 2 pesos. The British pound gained 2 pesos and is selling at 13 cities 4 pesos. The euro remained unchanged and is selling at 11 cities 7 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus, the dollar is selling for 13 cities 5 pesos. The British pound is selling for 15 cities 45 pesos and the euro for 13 cities 60 pesos. Let's now join Gillian Hammer for part two of the topic, six tips to save your money. When it comes to looking for ways to save money, there are three more tips we'd like you to consider. If you'll remember, the first three were, don't buy what you don't need. Look for repeated expenses you can cut down and take the no spend challenge. The next tip you can consider is to follow the 24 hour rule. This means you should set a personal spending limit that requires you to wait 24 hours before making a purchase. To avoid impulse spending, tell yourself you have to wait at least one day before buying anything that costs more than, let's say, 300 CDs. It is up to you to choose the amount for you, but give it a try. Next, take advantage of discounts or loyalty programs. Some stores give you loyalty points or discount cards when you purchase from them. It may take a while to build up the points, but it will be worth the effort. The last tip is use less energy. Spend less on cooling your home. For example, you can use a standing fan or ceiling fan during the day to reduce the use of AC. Even setting the thermostat to 22 or 23 can make a difference compared to setting it at 60. Remember, budgeting is about trade-offs. Consider what is meaningful to you and then look for ways to cut accordingly. That was Gillian Hammer of Data Bank, and that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nettie Nette Ajaho. Have a good morning. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. It's a quarter past seven, and we're still here on the City Breakfast Show, uh, getting ready for the sports segment. It's brought to you by Le Cherho, and if you need a school bus and you want to buy it, you're not sure how to finance it, we have a specific product called the School Bus Loan, which can help you get this bus. Call Michael on 57 411 7851. That's 057 It's our competitive school bus loan with convenient payment terms. Brought to you by Le Shell. Sports is also brought to you by Shell Fuel Safe Super, Shell Fuel Safe Diesel, and Shell V Power. Fuel designed to last longer. The triple action formula improves engine efficiency, prevents deposit buildup. And protects your engine from wear and corrosion for extra clean, extra protection, and extra savings. Switch to Shell Fuel Safe today because extra kilometers go a long way. I'm picking no cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This generation, we know they get that. I'm on this focus. Benjamin Kete is here with the news. Good morning. 
Good morning, Bernard. Let's get into the headlines. And in the headlines, Great Olympics take on Hearts of Oak in midweek action in the Ghana Premier League. Arsenal take on Everton tonight in the EPL. And in the NBA, there were wins for the Pacers, the Wizards and the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's begin with midweek action in the Ghana Premier League at 3 p.m. There's a Diana Stars taking on King Faisal. Asante Kotoko will be up against Bechem United. There's Brickham Chelsea versus Summer Texas, also Bibiani Gold Stars. They will be up against in Swatchaman Football Club. There's Karela versus Accra Lions. Kotoku Royals will be up against Dreams FC. There's Legon City taking on Tamale City. And then at 6 p.m. is a big one between Great Olympics Football Club and Accra Hearts of Oak. So that's a really big game. At 6.45, there's Real Tamale United versus Midyama Sporting Club. Let's move on to some para sports. And the president of the African Paralympic Committee, Samson Dean, has labeled the upcoming African Para Games as an opportunity for Ghana to showcase her talent in para sports to the continent. Now, Ghana is set to host the first ever African Para Games in September this year after some unsuccessful attempts to host the competition in North Africa back in 2019. According to Mr. Dean, hosting the event in Ghana should serve as enough motivation for the athletes to excel. For the athletes of the Ghanaian nationality, it's a motivation for them to train harder so that at the end of the 2023 event, Ghana will be seen as one of the best with greater medals in gold. And that will mark as a motivation for the athletes and that will also serve as a qualification for them to Paris 2024 come next year. So you have President of the African Paralympic Committee, Samson Dean, speaking there. Let's move on to some other stuff and let's talk about Asafa Powell because he is in Ghana. Now the Jamaican track and field legend has arrived in the country for a tour and is also expected to headline a number of activities. The former 100-meter world record holder, whose wife is Ghanaian, was treated to a warm welcome at the Kutoka International Airport when he arrived. Speaking to the media following his arrival, the 40-year-old says visiting Ghana has always been something he's wanted to do. It, it feels good, you know. This is a welcome that is fit for a king, you know. And um, I feel at home when, you know, now I'm here, you know, with my wife, and I'm very excited. Well, you know, I've always wanted to, to come here, you know, always from, you know, ever since I started my career in track and field, you know. But I, I wanted to come here to compete at first, you know. But, you know, now I'm retired, you know, my wife, you know, um, I have the opportunity to come here to visit with my wife now and to see where she's from where she grew up and you know to get to experience some of the culture um you know it's it's bittersweet you know um, i miss it you know most of the times you know but you know i get to spend more time with my family you know and um my kids my wife and you know everybody you know <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be here you know um, to, to really share my experience you know and to you know teach in whatever way i can you know so you guys can live you know live um live through me and um you know, hopefully, you know, I can be back here a lot more, you know, and to share, you know, everything and to spend time with, you know, my family here in Ghana. 
Jamaican track and field legend Asafa Powell speaking there. Now, President of the Ghana Olympic Committee, Ben Numensa, believes that Asafa Powell's visit to Ghana will inspire a lot of young athletes. Well, it's, it's been on the table for, you know, but for COVID, uh, Asafa and Alicia would have been here much, much longer. You know, what we're looking for is looking for a sports icon, you know, who can uh, motivate our young. I mean, when you hear the story of Asafa, then you know that every kid in uh, Bukum, every kid in Nima, every kid in most of our deprived area can also one day become somebody like Asafa Powell. So that's the whole, that's the whole story. Asafa is here to inspire every, little, every Ghanaian doing sports, every child on the street who wants to take our sports. He's here to inspire you. Asafa is here for everybody. Fortunately for us, Asafa is our in-law because Asafa is married to a Ghanaian. So, you know, we're going to make the best use of him and make sure we get every bit of it. But remember, Asafa didn't pay all the bride price when he, when he took Alisa away. So I'm sure guys will start demanding that money from him. So you had Ghana Olympic... Committee President Ben Nunumensa speaking there. Let's do some boxing now. And former WBO Super Bantamweight champion Isaac Dogbe has expressed optimism about reclaiming a world title this year. The 28-year-old is in camp ahead of the vacant WBO featherweight title fight against two-time Olympic gold medalist Robese Ramirez from Cuba on April 1. Now the bout will take place at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tulsa in the United States of America. Now he has Dogbe on his his preparations and chances of being a champion once again just preparation you know getting back to camp you know training day in day out um, recovering and getting back to training you know it's a whole roster so yeah we're just just prepared just preparing and I'm um, going out there to you know um, to deliver it's, it's all about taking a systematic approach knowing that everything is going well you know so the rest of it is, 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 is us you know, just going out there and um, doing what, what's, um, what's required of us and going to fight. How optimistic are you that you'll be a world champion soon? I'm very positive that 2023 is a year of victory for us by God's special grace. Isaac Royal Storm Dogway, 2023, world champion. So you had Isaac Dogwe speaking to Evans of Fortumanto of City Sports there. Let's get on to um, some action from England where the FA Cup uh, was in full swing yesterday. It was the fifth round. Bristol City, they were up against Manchester City. That game ended 3-0 in favour of Manchester City. So they move on to the next round of the competition. Leicester City uh, became one of the casualties of the round. Danny Amate of Ghana had a game to forget. He um, contributed largely to that defeat. They lost 2-1 in that particular game to Blackburn Rovers. Stoke City were also up against Brighton and Hove Albion. Brighton winning by one goal to nail. Fulham were up against Leeds United winning by two goals to nail. And so Fulham move on to the next round of the FA Cup. In today's round of action, there's Premier League, not FA Cup. There's Arsenal taking on Everton Football Club. And then there's also Liverpool up against Wolverhampton Wanderers. So we'll have live radio commentary of that Arsenal versus Everton game here as well as analysis for you. So you should tune in for that particular uh, encounter. And let's get to some other stuff. And Chelsea have confirmed that defender Thiago Silva suffered knee ligament damage during Sunday's 2-0 defeat against Tottenham Hotspur. Now the 38-year-old centre-back limped off after just 19 minutes during the Super Sunday game and was replaced by Wesley Fofana. Chelsea have given no official time frame on his return but reports claim the defender could be out for as long as six weeks now a frame of six weeks would rule silver out of chelsea's crucial champions league round of 16 tie against borussia dortmund and the brazilian would also be a doubt for the quarterfinal should the blues get through so that's what's going on as far as chelsea football club 
our consent. Let's see if we can do some basketball before we sign out. The Dallas Mavericks were at it once again, throwing away a big lead in the NBA. They lost this time to the Indiana Pacers. Yes, so a single possession victory for Indiana is how that one played out. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Nketiah. Kickoff was brought to us by Le Sheho. There's more sports at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Health Tidbits is brought to you by the Nyaho Medical Center. Welcome to Nyaho Health in the City. Today we turn our spotlight on hernia, which occurs when parts of your abdominal cavity bulges through an opening or weakness in the muscle or tissue barrier that contains it. It is caused by a combination of pressure or an opening or weakness of the muscle. Note, hernia affects both men and women and it is corrected through a surgical procedure known as hernia repair, which is done to prevent the hernia from becoming complicated. Our ultra-modern theater is well equipped and positioned to offer this procedure as well as other wide range of surgical services. You may call or WhatsApp our surgical team on 050-143-662 for further inquiries or follow Nyaho Medical Center on social media for more health in the city tips. Nyaho, improving your quality of life. Health Tidbits was brought to you by the Nyaho Medical Center. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise.
things happening this month of march we just cannot wait don't forget ghana's independence day is on monday the 6th of march heritage month begins in earnest today i'll be hosting kuku dakwankra so what i started to do this month was to um, sort of mirror the heritage caravan drive when we leave accra we're going to go to the volta region so some of my episodes i'll talk about fort prisonstein in keta we'll talk about the uh, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll talk about how they came to be where they are now. We'll also talk about parts of the Eastern region. So there, I did a couple of episodes on the Eastern region. We we'll look at, for example, the 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 various groups in the Eastern regions. I feel some of the most diverse regions in Ghana, where you have the Kuus, you have the Aquapims, you have the Achims, you have the Gadangbes or the Krobos. All right, and then you have the Guans, all in the region. We'll break all of that down in the course of the week and today we'll also look at the aquamu one of the most fearsome groups that historically was based within the precincts of the eastern region you know one of the things that fascinates me was even though they were so powerful and fierce they really they were not interested in like um building a state they were just beating everybody you know so we, we discussed some of that today we discussed some of that today you are looking at me strange as if you don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah you know when, when you read some of our history mm-hmm. charlie the kwamu people they were very powerful yeah, in very fact powerful. there was a war that everybody had to come together and say charlie we have to beat them <laughs> so they got the guns the airways mm-hmm. the some fantasies mm-hmm. the different account groups say charlie mm-hmm. this is the people we are tired mm-hmm. we're proper slave traders because the Akwamu people will go and read groups and go and sell you know they are very wild people so we'll talk about that too but i, I have 
have a question. You know, you know, I I, I cover Nigerian elections. You love Nigerian elections, just say it. No, you you, you can't be a serious journalist in the sub political journalist and not cover Nigeria's elections. You, you you can't claim to be a serious or not follow. And not follow. All right. The the question on my mind is whether uh what Peter Obi has done can be done in Ghana. All right. And I'm gonna frame the question well. So and I want you to think about that question throughout the day today. The initial conversation was like oh this ob thing is just social media ob's people they don't have voter cards ob will not do anything and like oh it, you you can't translate twitter and social media support to real support now he has not won the election but only a fool will say that what peter obi has done is not significant and i'll give you some numbers okay, okay. so Nigeria has 36 states and the federal capi- capital territory. territory. Since 1999, Nigeria has had many political parties. So they have, their issue is not like ours. They don't have a strong NDC MPP thing. Yes. So they have the PDP, which in many ways is like the NDC. It's like all the guys who were in the, oppos- uh, in the military government sort of came together around Obasanjo and formed the PDP. Yeah. Then the opposition guys tried different ways of defeating them. So they tried with a party called the AC before they became... ANPP and then I became the APC. Mm. So all of that, Tinubu was part of building all of that. But for now, you can say since 2015, they've had like APC PDP since 2011. Mm. So where APC brought in Buhari and then PDP is Obachanzo's party that Jonathan Goodluck took over. So it was like a two party, but it's not like Ghana where you can say NDC and MPP have had this from like 92 or even the antecedents earlier. But be that as it may. People felt like, Charlie, you can't break into a duopoly just with social media support. Okay. Now, of the 36 states, if you look at the numbers very carefully, the APC won 12, the PDP won 12, and Peter Obi won 12. I think, in fact, let me let me look at it a bit more closely. Yes. So, from the numbers I have, uh, APC won 12, PDP won 12, and then Labour won 12, and then NNPP won 1. So it's 37. All right? That's first point. Second point, he's won Lagos and Abuja. So even though his base is the southeast, he's won Lagos, which is in the southwest, and Abuja, which is in the middle zone. Number three point, um, he got 6.1 million votes. PDP got 6.9 million votes. And APC got 8.7 million votes. So it's not. So my point is, he is supposed to have been uh, uh, an outsider. He's supposed to be the guy that is supporting on social media. If you have uh, how many? 20 million votes, and somebody gets six million. That's a lot. Okay. Electorally, yes. Yes. And then you let's look at let, let's look at the Senate as well, just to make it interesting. The Senate seats are not all out. So far, APC has 45, PDP has 26, Labour has 6. That looks small. NNPP has 2. But if you come to the House of Representatives, there are a lot of seats up for grabs. 286 not yet declared. Okay. APC has 37, PDP has 14, Kwan Kwanso's party has 11, Labour has 12. And there's over 286 more. So if you look at the ratio, 37, mm-hmm. 14, 11, 12 and to think that a lot of this the the results in his part of the country are not in mm. 
So let's let's say he and Kwan uh, Kwanso's party together have even more than PDP mm. when it comes to the uh, House of Reps. Mm. And again, when you come to the uh, Senate, twenty six undeclared is one six. So, okay, let me, let me let me frame the question. Let me give the questions twice. First question is, has he lived up to expectation? That's mm. the first question. And the second question is, what next? If he has. Can we say that he is a third force? Mm. And if he is a third force, is it possible to do the same in Ghana? Mm. Do, do you get me? So first, I, I want your views on how well he's done compared to the expectations. Okay. Whether he can genuinely say with 6 million votes, with the number of seats he's got in Senate, can he really say he's a third force? If you look at the Nigeria map. And then, if he is... Will that be possible in Ghana? So those are the questions I want you to think about. Please write them down. And listen, this is also, these are all questions for you, actually. So I just want to do a, quick, a couple of quick announcements, and I'll take answers on that. Has Peter Obi, or did he live up to expectation? That's question one. Question two, is he a third force? And question three, can what he's done be replicated in Ghana? That is the uh, that is the long uh, session B. <laughs> That's session B. Now, if you are finding it challenging managing our value-added services on Vodafone, then the Vodafone Content Manager now allows you to check, control, and subscribe to value-added services with ease. Be in control of all mobile content subscriptions and choose the type of content that suits your style. Dial star four six three hash or visit my Vodafone app now to conveniently manage all your content and subscriptions. As I said, Monday is. Seth March and it's a holiday. The Royal Sinti has a royal welcome for you. Bed, breakfast, dinner, and a special Royal Sinti white weekday promo for only 2,500 CDs per night. So Sinti is calling. You can respond to the call 0242 0242-886-510. Imagine having breakfast and looking at the Volta League. Charlie, I know Sky, you like those things. You put on your goodie. <laughs> so please rise it Monday. You can you can escape to Sinti and go and enjoy and come back. When you come back, just clean your mouth. Pretend as if you're not done anything. If you go glow if you chop something. Now imagine the things you can do with 50 extra CDs. You can chop at your favorite restaurant on us. ZP is giving 50 CDs cash bonus to all first-time MoneyGram to wallet receivers. Ask any of our more than 4,000 agents nationwide. Dial star 270 hash to register now. Chop maker chop be empowered. And La Bianca is at it again. We are proud to add to our amazing list of brands Akukotisti. In support of the local poultry industry and in promoting made in Ghana goods, Akukotisti is now available. They are produced, they are bred and slaughtered in Ghana. Fresh frozen chicken comes freshly portioned in breast, thighs, wings, backs, and gizzard. 54311 053100 Your numbers company. Alright, so question one. Did Obi live up to expectation? 6.1 million votes, article 6.9, Tinubu 8.2. 12 seats won. 12 states won. Each each of the three won 12 states. And then Rabiu won one state. Is he a genuine third force? Can we have the same in Ghana? You have five minutes to 
address the first question. Go for it. Your five minutes starts now. Hey! <laughs> Ask your question again. <laughs> Has Obi lived up to expectation? Now, yes. let, let, the expectation had to do even with the poll. So, yes. The poll said he was leading. The poll said he was leading. Oh. Let me let, let, five minutes. Yes, five minutes. You're on it. <laughs> I think he has lived up to expectation. Um, if you if you're a keen follower of Nigeria's political history, particularly the recent type and um, the near dominance of the two elements that you described, the APC and the PDP, mm-hmm. um, and the ability of a, a few things f- favored Peter Obi in this, of course, the the, the the political activism that has stepped up amongst Nigerian youth mm-hmm. um, in the past two years, mm-hmm. of course, all buoyed by, uh, buoyed by the anti-SAS movement, which is where mm-hmm. basically it started from. Uh, violence against young people by what they, de- they, they, they described as a repressive police service, um, which basically became a representation of the state mm-hmm. um, for them, uh, unemployment, recent fuel shortages. There are a lot of things that, for a country that has a significant youthful population, a lot of young people felt they were not doing well as a country. And if you look at the education levels in Nigeria, they're pretty high. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you put all these elements together and you had a pretty dissatisfied chunk of the Nigerian youthful populace who had come together at a certain point in time and said, look, we need to find an alternative to what we have now. And Obi fell into that category for them in the sense that one, he was not, he's not necessarily young, he's 60, mm-hmm. but he's not described as a key part of the old system, although he has played roles in the old system mm-hmm. in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was seen as a breath of fresh air and he was savvy enough to recognize the fact that he had those advantages, that he was uniquely different in the sense that he 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 had recently he had re- record of recent public service mm-hmm. uh, as governor of Anambra mm-hmm. state where he had done well. Mm-hmm. Um, he again represented. Apparently, he he, had, he he got a budget surplus. Yes, for what that's worth. For what that's worth, you know, um, the 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 so-called frugal governor they called him, mm-hmm. um, a, a very wealthy politician whose son is a school teacher. Charlie. And goes to work every daughter, day. His daughter, is a his daughter yes, mm-hmm. who is a school teacher yeah. of some sort. So, for a lot of those people who are looking for uh, a manifestation or a symbol of what Nigeria's potential is, Obi was that representation. And so, a lot of them shifted their weight behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gave him the groundswell that enabled him to become mm-hmm. what was suddenly termed as a third force. Mm-hmm. And the momentum that he had, of course, was built from those protests that we have seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, these protests largely were also grown on social media. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, hence came the, 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 the talk of, oh, he's a social media sensation. Mm-hmm. Well, that actually, well, that actually... It will fizzle out. You know, you know, but what people failed to realize was that NSAS was very effective in raising funds, in mobilization as a social media, just purely based on social media. And Mm -hmm. the people behind it uh, were able to translate that Mm -hmm. into grassroots politicking Mm -hmm. of a certain kind. And he also identified where his strengths were. We knew where the weaknesses were going to be. But I think that in the places where he could could build on the advantages of 
the momentum that he had of the circumstances that Nigeria had built for itself over the past two years. So you talk about him doing well in Abuja. You talk about him doing well in Lagos. You talk about him doing well in Anambra, of course. Ali, and all the other places. The, Charlie, that he, the numbers in Anambra are ungodly. Yes. Charlie, the guy, <laughs> like he just wiped everybody. The guy got, you know, and that also goes to the point of voting on ethnic lines. Yes. Because look at it. In Anambra, which is his home state. Yes. Okay. He got 584,000 621 votes. Mm-hmm. That's 95%. Mm. The PDP got 9,036 votes. Mm-hmm. That's his bantama. Charlie, APC got 5,111. Like, we, we are not giving you anything. Charlie? <laughs> so he has 584,000. So he immediately gets plus 500, plus half a million. Yes. Then you go to Enugu State, he does plus 400 and 26,000. The yeah. next person gets 15K. Yes. So Enugu and Anambra alone gives him a million votes. Yes. Spread. Yes. So that, in, that is crazy. If, if you put all those things together, I think he lived up to expectation. Um, again, there wasn't enough time to put uh, structure to what he had done. Consi- uh, if you look at p- particularly what the your APC- five minutes is up. So your point, there are three questions. Oh. Five, five, five minutes per question. So you're, you're saying that on question okay. one, Obi has lived up to expectation. Okay. Sky, you have five minutes. Did Obi live up to it? I'm, I'm framing it this way so that it will be easier to break down the election no analysis. Problem. That the poll said he was in the lead. Yeah. He won 12 states, mm-hmm. 6.1 million votes, as against 6.9 and then 8.2. Has he lived up to expectation? Well, um, it, it would be a question of what you did, did define to be expectation. I mean, okay. in the, has he left your expectation? Uh, my expectation was that he was going to win the elections. That was what I expected. Yeah, he has not. Yeah, but so he has not lived up to that expectation. How did you expect him to win the elections? The reason being that, look, Nigeria is faced with so many problems. And Obi became the face of what people expect to be the solutions to the problems. <clears throat> what are the problems Nigeria faces today? and which drove the elections. First of all, you have high up there the issue of insecurity. You have high up there the issue of the general economic malaise facing that country. Then you also have a strong religious divide between the north and the south, although you have a heavy presence of, um, what do you call it, Muslims in the south, who are supposed to be generally, you know, tilted towards the, 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 the Christian bloc. Then you have a strong issue of ethnocentrism, which divides the country into three main blocks, if, if we can use that, 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 cat- that categorization. You're talking about the people in the north generally. You're talking about the Fulanese uh, together with the other guys put together in the north generally. Then you also have the Igbos, who are also very influential in terms of their business acumen, what they do generally with the Nigerian economy. Then you also have the Eurobas. So if you look at it within that context, one of the biggest problems Nigeria has always faced, which informed the reason why some people wanted to leave the Federation, um, you know about the Biafra War and what became of that, was the question of ethnocentrism and the feeling that we have resources within our land. And for some reason, people from elsewhere are coming to lord over us leadership and they're depriving us of our ability to have a say Mm -hmm. in what happens in the management of our resources Mm -hmm. and governance of the country. Then you also have 
a major issue having to do with you know um insecurity generally if i didn't mention that you mentioned that earlier okay and the economy and then tribalism okay. and all that okay the issue of what the youth feel mm. the youth have always felt that look we have had in this country far too many old men and and i'm not saying that in a pejorative so sense 60 year old youth, youth, youth. <laughs> well relatively relatively you are comparing that to africa oh bernard i mean look at the ages of the people uh, yeah. who contested no the i'm race. not saying you, you and i'm saying relatively he is 61 so within that context you can say that he's closer to the younger people like us do you understand? Yeah, so the expectation was that, look, he was going to be the symbol of what can happen in Nigeria. That it is possible to get a younger person up there to do their work and satisfy the aspirations of the youth. The NSAS movement was a movement not only provoked by you know insecurity in the country generally, uh, extrajudicial killings in that country, but also a question of lack of on, you know employment opportunities for the youth. You meet many Nigerians outside of Nigeria. They tell you they don't want to go back home because the opportunities are simply... You have a minute. So your point is that based on the problems the country was facing, mm -hmm. you were expecting Obi to win. Yes, my expectation was that he, being a younger person, yes. being someone who has demonstrated in Anambra <clears throat> that he was capable of running an economy, yeah. being somebody who appears to understand the problems of nigeria being somebody who is also a successful businessman for that matter yeah. and being somebody closer to a huge yeah. block of the voters in that country yeah. I, I was expecting yes, I that he was I, going to I, for me to I, win I, the I, election. Was, I would say mm. i wasn't expecting him to win the election at, at no point did i expect i thought his best bet was a second round i never thought he was going to win because mm -hmm. the little i know about nigeria's history is that it's going to be tough for an evil man to win an election in nigeria that's true the 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 way you know the, the fact that the first ever coup d'etat in nigeria mm -hmm. <clears throat> was organized by an evil man mm -hmm. it has led to many it's created a rift in the country that has brought suspicion of them and they don't necessarily have the numbers and then the biafran war has mm -hmm. not helped mm -hmm. so and then the insecurity in the, the north not even there alone even the southeast the where you, you have you have the ipop and the kind of crazy things they are doing mm -hmm. I, I knew that the best bet he had if you listen to my analysis was that if he got the majority of the popular vote mm -hmm. because i knew he was not going to get a 20 uh, 20 25%. He, he wasn't going to get 25% in those 24s, and he wasn't going to get that because the last time we calculated the maximum he was going to get was 17. Mm -hmm. So, for me, my, my highest expectation of him was to get into a second round. Mm -hmm. So, for that mm -hmm. reason, I say he has exceeded expectations for me. Do you follow me? For you, so you okay. feel he you want me. I, I knew he was not going to win the election, mm -hmm. and and I'm, I did not downplay the genuineness of the sport for him. But in Africa, if you have elections, you don't have a certain... And because of the way Nigeria is, they have a gubernatorial system, you have a Senate system, you have a party machine on the ground already. Mm -hmm. All right? So he didn't have party machine on the ground. And yet he managed to win a third of the votes in the country. Six million votes. He has, for me, exceeded all expectations. I'm telling you. No, no I mean your expectation. My expectation. Yeah, because yes. his expectation was to win the elections and I aligned with that. No, I, you haven't, you don't know what is in his heart. <laughs> oh, no. but why? The man was campaigning to be president. Oh. And, okay, fine. We don't need to argue about that. Uh -huh. I am saying he's exceeded my expectation. Okay. When we come back, we'll address the second questions of whether 
we can say he is now a genuine third force because the issue of third forces mm-hmm. uh, is a very tricky subject. I remember a few elections ago in the UK, the Lib Dems did pretty well. People thought they were going to be the third force. It's still not that happening. It's basically still Labour and the Conservatives. Mm-hmm. The US has since forever. Ross Perot, I remember the first proper American election I followed, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Bush election, where there was actually a three-way debate between mm-hmm. uh, the Democratic candidate, uh, I think Bill Clinton, George Herbert Walker Bush, the older one, and Ross Perot. People are like, wow, you are going to have a third force. Third forces are very difficult to create. So the question when we come back after 8 o'clock mm-hmm. is, can we say that from what Peter Obi has done, he is now the third force? And what does the third force mean? And, in, and I think the last question is actually the question that most Ghanaians are interested in. Is that situation possible in Ghana? That's the question we'll go to. But it's two minutes to eight. Just let's not get ahead of ourselves. So we'll take our time and get to that as well. In the meantime, you can send us your views on this. Uh, Godfrey says Peter Obi met his expectations. Bernard says Peter Obi exceeded his expectations. Sky says Peter Obi fell a bit short of his expectations. Right? We are all impressed by what he's done. But we, are, we just have different flavors. Sky feels Peter Obi could have done better. Or he hoped that he would even win the election. Because the way he was in- interpreting the anger of Nigerians, he felt that... And I think you can say Sky is a, like, for example, Benue State, I thought he was going to win, right? Somehow the, the PDP, uh, the, the APC won. River State as well, he didn't, he came out second. So there are three states in the deep south. Yes, so wicked, yeah. But Wicked is a crazy guy. So he, I get you. But, but, but even, the, other, the other surprising thing is that even Bayelsa and Akwaibom was won by PDP. So, and that's for me where the lack of a party structure affects you. Because the support is there in all three states he came second mm-hmm. but you can tell that the pdp and apc having a stronger structure on the ground mm-hmm. helped so if he had won bielsa rivers Aquaibom, and benue mm-hmm. that would have meant that his numbers would have jumped from 12 to 13 14 15 16 yeah. then he could have won the popular vote mm-hmm. then he could have pushed the second round mm-hmm. he wouldn't still have had the 24 seats but if he had won Benway, Aquaibom, Rivers, and Bielsa, then we'll have a conversation. So you can say his lack of a party structure didn't help him. But let's come to tech and social media trends. Brought to us by Vodafone. The one Ghana promo is here. With just one CD, you can have 20 minutes talk time to all other networks and one gig of data every day between 5 a.m. and 11.59 a.m. Simply dial star 530 high subscribe and enjoy longer conversations and browsing. The Vodafone One Ghana promo is the best value offer in town and it's easy on your pocket. Save big when you subscribe to the One Ghana promo daily. Wake up to great value with Vodafone Feather Together. And it's brought to us by Carl Bank as well. Don't let the stress of planning the burial and funeral service of your loved one detract you from bidding your final goodbyes. Let Carl Bank take charge of collecting the funeral donation while you take care of the rest. It's called the Cow Bank in Sawa collection platform. Real-time online collection, which helps you easily manage all donations, whether it's cash, check, or digital. Call 0800-500-500 or send an email to customercare at cowbank.net. Cow Bank forward together. All right, so let's come back to the digital uh, man. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Nigeria is trending number one in po- uh, politics in Ghana. Uh couple of people have been saying all kinds of things about the nigerian elections mm-hmm. um a lot of people not really happy 
uh, also. So you, you can see a lot of Ghanaians. Ghanaians were yes. kind of hoping for yeah. an Obi victory. An Obi victory, sort of, you know. And some also very cynical about it. To but, be honest but, with but you, but it's a victory. Yes. Why is done? There can be only one victory no. in the minds of people. Is it? It's gradual. Yours is academic victory. No. <laughs> the symbolism and the. Okay, we can discuss that later. Go yes, on. you know, so um, quite a lot of videos, a lot of tweets uh, going around about the Nigerian elections. Um, of course, I think uh, 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 Tinubu has spoken, yeah. and uh, that is also going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the general flavor from the Ghana tweets are like they are not happy. They are not really happy. Not uh, happy. A, a few, uh, most are not happy, and then there are the cynical ones as well. Yeah. Who are talking about you know Kofada Daubi. Delegates, fear delegates matter. Oh, come on. And then, so Nigeria is trending. Tinubu is trending quite high. Election results 2023. INEC is always trending. People are not very happy with INEC. And I then, um, Jean Mensa is also trending. Yesterday, in, she was yes, in parliament. Ghana card is also trending. trending. Okay. Now, if you go to the uh, Ghana card, for instance, uh, Obimpna Austin, he's in Kumasi, he tweets and says, Ghana's electoral commission wants parliament to pass a law that says eligible voters cannot be registered using a validly acquired Ghanaian passport, but only a Ghana card, national identity card can be used. How is this even acceptable? An indictment on a passport. Uh, the Honorable Okujota Blackwa is also not very happy. He says, a government unable to pay bondholders, mm-hmm. unable to provide furniture for pupils, unable to address SHS, SHS congestion, unable to clear NAPCO areas, and unable to fulfill promises to COVID frontliners, hmm. is suddenly giving Ghana card assurances with a staggering 1.4 billion Ghana cities. When? Is the question. the next election. Mm-hmm. They're yes, not, they're, they're not thinking about the next generation. Yeah, they're, they're thinking about the next election. That's what they're thinking about. Yes. <laughs> And then uh, Fusini is also asking, mm-hmm. why is the NDC against the use of the Ghana card as the only source of identification for the purpose of elections? So uh, that conversation is going on. And I'm so sure is the NDC saying they are against or they are saying that if the NIA doesn't do certain things, they will oppose? Because their opposition seems conditional. Yeah, basically their position is you have not sorted out your problems with the National Identification Authority and the cards that they issue. So if there are still prevailing problems, it does not make sense for you to now limit the acquisition of entry onto the role as based on what happens with the acquisition of the card. So that's what I'm saying. That they are, their opposition is conditional. Yeah, that's right. If you can't get so it if right, you sort yourself card, out, we are okay. Yeah, if right. you sort yourself out, yeah. you support. But the truth is we cannot. We cannot solve all the problems with the NIA card. Yeah, but that one there, you don't know. No, Bernard, you and I have been in this country long enough to know that institutions like that mm-hmm. have consistently chopped our money Charlie. and have failed to deliver. Kenatefa is not, this is not the first time. So, my, cha- my point it's is, it's been there before. What, what timeline and threshold have they given them? If they give them those thresholds and they're able to meet it, fine. If they're not able to meet it, I don't enter a conversation saying I know the end from the beginning. Bernard. The, mm-hmm. the, the reason they are doing this is ahead of the district assembly elections, yep. which are going to happen sometime in August. There mm-hmm. are provided, you know, preliminary discussions. <laughs> home. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that, which month are we in? We are just in March. Now. We, are March. Just in, we are in March. How many more months? Five months or so, more or less. And we have been in this country for years. You know when uh, Kufu administration launched the National Identification Authority? Long time. Kamala, uh, you know, the, the late Kamala Dumont's father also came to run that institution for some time. So, better what I'm saying is that if you look at this thing in the round, it is impossible that it will fix all the problems. All right. Let me continue. Well, um, speaking of uh, supervision, yesterday mm-hmm. I told you about Canada and how they are checking 
TikTok. Well, if you go to the UK, they are not very happy with YouTube. Mm-hmm. They have accused YouTube of collecting uh, children's data mm-hmm. in their country uh, in what is considered a breach of UK data privacy code designed to protect children. And this is one person who has lodged a complaint with the regulator called the Information Commissioner's Office. Mm-hmm. And they say they are going to investigate it. Um, basically, Mr. McCann, who is the complainant, says plenty of children watch YouTube content on family devices mm-hmm. where this data can be gathered by default because it is not registered as a children's account. Mm-hmm. Uh, his complaint is believed to be the first test of this code that has been set up by the Information Commissioner's Office. Mm-hmm. Now, moving mm-hmm. on, Bernard, the uh, Access Now, which monitors internet, uh, global internet shutdowns, have issued their report. And India, mm-hmm. India, mm-hmm. topped the rankings. They yeah. did 84 internet shutdowns last year, wow. particularly wow. in Kashmir. Shana. Now, if you come mm-hmm. to... Af- Africa did pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Most of the shutdowns, we didn't have as many shutdowns. Uh, no, Niger- right? Yes, most of them happened during elections. Uh, so you had some in Gambia, you had uh, Nigeria, I uh, mentioned you had Zimbabwe also coming to Burkina Faso, did two shutdowns. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Ghana, we've not had that. What we are no, having we is the that. flagging of people's videos and all kinds of things by GBC and the other people. That's what GBC will deal with them later. Uh, and then WhatsApp uh, is testing uh, uh, a WhatsApp call link feature for Windows. So users of Windows, this is something that Android users already benefit from, but Windows users don't have it. WhatsApp is testing this to enable them to have fun. And then finally, Bernard, something has happened in Nigeria um, that is co- uh, causing a lot of conversation as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the Central Bank of Nigeria, one of your favorite organizations, mm. they've issued new rules. <laughs> and pe- no, people are very unhappy. Uh, a lot of the banking executives are not very happy with these rules that have come. They say that uh, there's a... Uh, bankers will now serve a maximum total of 20 years as executive or non-executive board members. Mm-hmm. So they are setting tenure limits. But why do you want to? Years? But why do you want to chop this thing more than twenty years? Well, people are not very happy. No, they've been they've been different levels of this over the years. So remember, to chop a director for twenty years. You know, there's a regulation. It is a regulation that forced Tony Lumelu and Co to move to become chairman. Now this new law that is coming into place will even remove them as chairman. Now, if they make it generic uh, executives, then it, so it, let it me would... let me give you a taste, a quick taste, if yeah. you don't mind. Oh, give me one minute. Yeah. So it says the tenure of executive directors, deputy managing directors, and managing directors shall be in accordance with the terms of their management approved by the board of directors of banks, subject to a maximum tenure of ten years. Where an executive who is a DMD becomes the MD of a bank or any other DMB before the end of his or a maximum tenure, cumulative tenure of such executives shall not exceed twelve years. Mm-hmm. However, for an executive who becomes a DMD of a bank or any other DMD. His or accumulative tenure as ED and DMD shall not exceed 10 years. Mm-hmm. Non-executive directors, with the exception of independent and executive directors, shall serve a maximum period of 12 years in a bank, broken into three terms of four years each. EDs, DMDs, and MDs who exit from the board of a bank, either upon or prior to the expiration of his or maximum tenure, shall serve out a cooling-off period of one year before being eligible for appointment as NDD to the board of directors. So, so they, they should yeah. chop the 20 and leave the rest and for, and for some of us. Yeah, so they said they want top. young people to rise. Ah, if you assist so me. they should do it at the top. This is a country where a youthful presidential candidate is the one. They should go. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise.
8 City Breakfast Show. More questions on the table. Is Obi now the third force? Or this is just for elections? After the elections, they all go back and sleep. Two quick educational pieces of information. If you missed out on the general admission for Heritage Christian College, we're offering you the chance to join our April intake with 50% waiver for fresh students. We've built a technology environment in which our students do not need to buy books before they can study. All they need is a laptop. We are Tamasama behind the Olympic Stadium, affiliated to the KNUST, accredited by GTEC. Courses include DBA, BBA programs, BSc Information Tech, professional courses. Features are entrepreneurship, training with financial support, one student, one laptop, affordable and flexible fee structure scholarships available call 057 sorry 054 777 731 or go to hcuc.edu.gh for more information and if you're a fresh graduate from shs or a matured applicant and you're thinking of acquiring a degree with specialized knowledge in governance and local development look no further than the institute of local government studies Programs in diploma, bachelor and master's programs, public sector management, local economic development, environmental science, policy and management, etc. Campuses Accra, Tamale, Ogbojo. Call 059-901-7300. We are on social media at ILGS. ILGS Building Capacity for Local Governance. Well, do you know that today, 1st March 2023, is Zero Discrimination Day? On Zero Discrimination Day, we celebrate the right of everyone to live a full and productive life and live it with dignity. This includes the rights of people living with and affected by HIV-AIDS. Research has proven that in Ghana, stigmatization and discrimination against people living with HIV are major human rights barriers affecting the uptake and quality of health service and support they get. People living with HIV and other vulnerable groups should have equal access to available health services. The Ghana West Africa Program to Combat AIDS and STI, WAPCAS, is a non-profit, non-government organization and is a principal recipient of the Global Fund's new funding model. And we are implementing various interventions to remove human rights barriers of stigmatization and discrimination against people affected and infected with HIV and AIDS. So let's join UNAIDS, WAPCAS and partners to end stigma. You can call this toll-free number 0800 123 Speak up against discrimination and stigmatization. 
call webcast and call shrash If you love watching, here's exciting news for you. On Saturday, the 4th of March, between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., at Timafra Place in Jowulu, the fifth edition of Ghana's biggest watch festival, the Watch Summit, is happening again. This year, we are featuring some of the best watch joints in Accra, including Sisters Wache, Fulira Wache, Anajo Wache, Hacho Wache, Wache Exclusive, and many others. Entry fee 20 cities for adults and is free for kids. Come with family and friends and enjoy your mouth watching Wache with exciting musical performances painting sessions, games, and more. You can use the Uber promo code WATCHESUMMIT23 and get a 40% discount on your rides to and from the event. The event is sponsored by Maggi, Uber Ghana, Malta Guinness, Belacqua, and Bell Ice. For inquiries, call 024-441-6615 or follow WATCHE underscore radar on Facebook. It's on Saturday the 4th of March between 9am and 9pm at Mofra Place, Jowlu, next to Marvel's Mini Golf. Alright, so we're back to the Nigeria election. The first question was whether Obi lived up to expectation. I said he surpassed expectations for me. Sky says he was a bit below. Godfrey says he lived up to expectation. Let's come back to the next point. Is Peter Obi now the third? Does Nigeria have a three party state Godfrey, based on all we know about that country is he is he um is he the third force in africa's largest democracy time will tell whether he's the third force i think the concept of the third force is something that cannot be measured in the immediate mm-hmm. okay um the the concept of a third force means mm-hmm. that several things must happen you know for for this ele- you know for this election he he has done well but as to whether he's a force that we means well, other things other thing because that means you impact policy mm-hmm. um that means you are able to push significant changes through that means you are able to become a significant part of policy conversations you are able so to you are, you are talking about Senate, you are talking about the House of Reps. Yes. His party must do well there to be able to have a voice. Yes, and so for and for now we, we do not know. Also, because if you look at the history of Nigerian politics, interest change on a daily. Charlie. So he might be a third force today. Tomorrow he might be on the PDP or APC ticket. So what happened to the concept of a third force? Normally, of course, the third force as we tend to describe it is another party that emerges to break a duopoly okay this duopoly was not broken but significant inroads were made but as to whether it can be sustained and you mentioned the liberal democrats for instance um the, the, in the uk i don't even know where they are now uh we've had <laughs> the the tea party you know of i think that was Rospero. If I'm not, I don't even know he had a party. He yeah. was an independent candidate back then, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So it, it takes a lot to be considered a third force. I think for now he has arrived. He he has managed to kick the door, 
and enter it. As to whether he can be considered a third force, mm. I give it to time. All right. What about you? Well, I, you see, it, it is, again, I mean, our line with what Godfrey has said, because it doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. If you look at the numbers present, it would seem that he satisfied the requirement for being a third force. Mm-hmm. But that is to basically look at it without actually looking at what actually goes into being a third force. Um, for you to be a third force, you must be a bulwark that has established a certain reputation over time, showing that you are in between the two opposing forces. So in Ghana, you would have a huge party in between the NDC and, and, and the NPP, who are the behemoths within the political scene. For now, he is there. But you see, Bernard, we also need to look at his history as a person. You know, he's moved, he's shifted from all kinds of political parties. And just until recently, 2019, was the vice presidential candidate of, of, for the PDP. So all of a sudden, he jumps and is, he's found himself with a Labour Party for now. The question is, if tomorrow the PDP becomes appealing again, or perhaps the APC is in search of someone who would have the kind of appeal that he brought to the ticket, you know, as far as the Labour Party is concerned, would he remain there? So it would seem to me, I, I think Nigeria's politics is not so much driven by the political party. Are you now discovering this? <laughs> no, no, no. The political party is a vehicle for winning elections. Yeah, you see, like it's, you not, see it's not like here it, that our tradition, you know, and I feel like there's mm. a very important point. Ghana has a deeper political tradition, yeah. in my view, than the end. Uh, Since the, the colonial times, yeah. If you look at the, the way they move, mm-hmm. Once the party can help you organize yourself and file nominations, you join. You are joined. So, it's I. The the way they can easily be PDP today and tomorrow, they are and they would defend the position quickly. It's it it is like there's really no shame. And the electorate doesn't even worry. I mean, uh, uh, Atiku has been on how many parties? Yeah. So far as it is not A, and you are from A, but you went to B, and it is not A. We are fine with you being B. <laughs> if you are listening and you understand this episode, because I mean, how do you leave PDP less than three years and then you are Labour Party and all of a sudden you are getting, you know, it's no. But it's a question I even asked. Like I'll, I'll bring it to Ghana. When Papa Kusi Indum was considered the third force, um, was so, he ever considered? Really. No, I'm just saying. No, 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 no. It was. Let, let, let's be. Let's. Let, let, at the time, he was the he was one considered. people were no, he was he the was one people were hoping, were hoping would become. He, he was he was not he was third, but he wasn't the fourth yet. <laughs> he was the third. He was the third party. He was the third. <laughs> you know, but I, I want to just say something on the Nigerian election in terms of the the, the issue of um, the third force. The just, I think that the nature of Nigeria's history makes it amenable to a third force much easier than most, most African places. countries. Because the first election in Nigeria, mm. the three main candidates, Alajisi Abubakar Tafawa Balewa, was from the north. Obafemi Aulu was from the southwest. Namdi Adiki was from the southeast. So the, basis. the foundation of the country was three-way. Yeah, but you see... In, us, in our case, mm-hmm. it was two. Yeah, but you see... So those, I'm coming, those mm-hmm. structures are things you inherit. Mm-hmm. So the psyche of the Nigerian is always, are you north, southwest, or southeast? Southeast. So for them, it's easy to have a third force. Mm-hmm. Okay, in fact, what has happened is basically they are back to factory settings mm-hmm. where the original setting, and in fact, I have this statistic of Nigeria's elections since 19... Um, um, the 1960s? Yes, and I will tell you that it's been three-way for a long time before it became two. So in fact, the PDP, APC, is even an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, using that history, 
you will say that Nigeria's Peter Obi has just gotten the Southeast people back home. Mm-hmm. And it's, they've rallied around him, mm-hmm. and they are probably going to keep it that way for a while. So then, then that means our third question then becomes more difficult. The question about whether this can happen in Ghana. Because maybe let me try and address that. I feel like because of Nigeria's history, a third force is possible. Because of Ghana's history, it will take much more than a popular outsider to to create a third force in Ghana because the structures for a third force in Nigeria are easy. And I give you examples. They have a gubernatorial system. So there's already power shared. It's a federal system. So if you have even a president, you can be a party in opposition and still do well. You can have 10 governors from your party. There's also strong ethnic allegiances, which are three. Religious allegiances. Yes, but in Ghana, it's a winner takes all like none other. Where... The district assembly elections are not even done on partisan level. So, as I said, a PDP and Labour Party will have some gover- governors. Mm-hmm. They will have senators. They will have some House of Rep people. If they, if if Obi gets two or three governors, he's he's good. But in Ghana, once you become president, you appoint everybody. So even NDC in opposition for eight years, they are struggling. Hunger. Do you get it? So imagine how, to create a third force in Ghana, you are going to go against deep historical and I, my argument is that if you look at the way Ghana's NDC MPP have shaped up NDC has basically just filled up the Kwame Nkrumah areas they swallowed do you get it because MPP has remained UP and UP is basically Ashanti parts of Eastern mm-hmm. exactly and then the fancy sort of swell up and down parts of the north so the, the th- fancy is actually shift they move they, yeah, they, they, they yeah. go where they so, want to go so, so they, they, they swing the election they, they decide who mm. wins the election who mm-hmm. doesn't win and even that is the, the, the central region fancies mm-hmm. because we go to the takradi fancies they, they typically vote mpp yeah if you go generally. to western north mm-hmm. generally you can say a lot of the western north vote ndc yeah and the then, areas. then the the people at the bottom part will typically vote mpp like mm-hmm. takwa mm-hmm. so i don't know whether the people who are on social media saying Peter Obi can be replicated in Ghana. Mm. I think they need to give it a, a bit more thought because number one, Peter Obi is not even an outsider. If you want to be very honest with yourself, someone who's been governor of a number of states and been running mate for PDP, PDP. it is an anomaly to call him an outsider. He's not he's an insider. He mm. just has a good marketing campaign and he is seen as again 61 year old youth i mean how is that even possible but yes he's, compared he's to relatively relatively yeah. that's the and he's strong he can hold his own back yes. at least so <laughs> you get me so i feel like the, th- the, the third first conversation in ghana must be different i understand how young people w- want somebody to rally around mm. and how they've been proved that it wasn't just twitter but again, even the, the way that Peter Obi won Lagos, mm. because of the crazy things that happened with the NSAS movement, mm. we haven't had such a thing here. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we need to think more deeply in Ghana about the third force. If we, if you want a third force, it's going to be a much deeper conversation. Now, I think the only way we're going to, we can get a third force in Ghana is if a major ethnic bloc Breaks out within away. the two parties, blick, breaks out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, it, 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 it happens every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> if a major, if a major, because the uh, oh, to be fair, we haven't tested it, but if, if, like, if, like, and sorry if I'm using this example, so let's assume so we have Alan Kennedy, Baumia, and, mm-hmm. and the others. So let's assume one of them loses mm-hmm. 
and then his followers feel so aggrieved mm-hmm. and they say to him go into 2024 we'll for support you now happen. if i'm coming if if that person has a base mm-hmm. you see the reason why nigeria has a three-way is that there are three bases the, the northern base mm-hmm. the southwestern base and the southeastern base mm-hmm. now the the test for the ndc mpp third force person would be and i don't want to use one person's name to create a problem but let's assume one of them loses mm-hmm. and that person's base decides that they are unhappy with the way he lost and therefore going into the election they won't support that party then the third for conversation can happen because that then means that the voting population will rally around the person historically people who have left parties have not done well obed ndc in fact alan left mpb he had to come back if you uh, reform he didn't get anywhere guzitano it won't go so it's almost like ndc and mpp if you leave you leave we the people who remain will remain but we haven't seen the kind of youthful disenchantment with the system like that like what i'm saying that what you are seeing now with the young people in ghana saying they are not happy with the way the ndc and pp are going i don't know if a credible candidate emerges either from either party or outside whether the young people in ghana are sophisticated enough to say they are going to vote away from ndc or mpp again saying that there's no structure so that one of the things is that peter Obi didn't have any structure but he was able to but if you are saying somebody who's been vice presidential candidate for a major party who's been governor of a state for about six years obviously will have something on the ground and establish business so if you pick an outsider chirabusum type person mm-hmm. or whoever you know it, it's politics is so literal that you need somebody on the ground Mm-hmm. I mean, I ran for elections on campus. I needed somebody to. I needed agents at the polling center, even though I was popular. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to go and stand there when they were counting for me. Mm-hmm. All right, somebody had to go and be campaigning for me. I couldn't do every campaign myself. So if you don't have, if you don't have the structure on the ground, which is why I feel like in Ghana, the third force conversation, the easier way to do it is for there to be a major dissatisfaction within either NDC or MPP, for somebody to or a way. block which can rally. So let's assume young people of a certain part of the country feel aggrieved by ndc and mpp and then they have support from both sides and then they pull out and they have significant mps supporting them right so let's assume 40 mps 20 from ndc 20 from mpp decide that they support this guy mm-hmm. and then they come out of their party and they say for 2024 they'll support this person do you get me because i feel like people people don't believe that you can just come out of anywhere and win like that. I don't know if I'm making sense okay. with the Nigeria comparison. Okay. And then the, the point about the if there's an NDC MPP disgruntled mm-hmm. who comes out mm-hmm. and then that person has a base. So, for example, I can say Baumier's base in NPP could be nothing voters in MPP. Could be. Mm-hmm. The others in the MPP like Alan and Co. So let, let me use Alan as an example. Mm-hmm. So if Alan is able to tell the Akan or Ashanti or whatever that they are his people, and we don't know if they will even say he's their person. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Obi. Obi, you know, he's gone for Anambra State and he's won. So we know that Obi, he will win Anambra. We know that the five Igbo states, Imo, Ibonyi, Abia, Anambra, and Enugu will vote for him. Mm-hmm. So he has a base. Mm-hmm. We don't know whether any of these guys in the mpp or even ndc for that matter ndc we know is under john mahama mm-hmm. 
So N D is a bit different. But if you take NDC, even with that, you see, and even with that, the 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 the, the difficulties of a third force forming in Ghana, and if there is a third force, I think it will form differently. You know, one, let's understand this. Mm. Third force comes up. Uh, third, third forces are triggered. Mm-hmm. So there are specific things okay. that bring it up about mm-hmm. third forces. So it's either the economy. There is either if you look at the rise of some of the more hostile parties we've had in Europe right now. What happened in what we have right now in Hungary, mm-hmm. what we've had in Italy, where the the growth of certain elements in France, the growth of certain elements even in Germany, mm-hmm. to a, to a large extent, they are trigger events. So migration. Uh, and all those things tend to yes tend to push people towards it. But on our side, when you run the parallel between Ghana and Nigeria, like you rightly spoke about, I think that the ethnic sentiment, although significant in Ghana, is not as entrenched as what we have in Nigeria. One, so it, no. Let me let me get to let, let him do it. You see, so the formation of an ethnic base to run away with and build on to generate the kind of groundswell that allows you to even factor in as a, a potential third force is difficult. Now, I say this because you spoke about, if you look at the three, so we had a northerner, where the northerners went that way. You had somebody from the south, they went that way. You, you could make easy predictions based on those elements. If you look at our politics, there's the, you, uh, you have the Ashantis, We've had a situation where there was an upset Alan a while back. And he said he's left the And party. he said he had left, he came back, they spoke to him and all those things. There was no way anybody was going to no, leave him. Nobody was going to walk and follow him. And follow him he based on simply the fact that he, he was an Ashanti. He didn't command anybody. The base is not, and this is as a hardcore uh, 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 If we were to look at it, if you look at somebody like the Agric minister, mm-hmm. if the situation were to be reversed in Nigeria, for instance, his base will be far stronger based on who his father is and his background. Even he can't believe But he believes you are the only Yeah, but that's the point of it. That you bring him, you put him in our situation here. Nobody really cares. Yeah, they don't care. About, even though he's as hardcore and Ashanti, as legitimate and Ashanti as you would get yeah. to say, if I walk away, I can walk away with the Ashanti vote. Never. Don't mind him. Don't mind so him. it looks like the political parties here Charlie. have been able to even out, not overcome, mm-hmm. but even out. Yeah the ethnic claim of one candidate of one candidate so it's more the affinity to the party than an individual so it makes it difficult for somebody to walk away from the mpp today and say look now not and rollins walked away from the ndc and this is today she did not get a thousand yeah but she was not ndc no you don't get it that's what he's saying <laughs> that nobody can leave I mean, think about it too. Uh, hold on. Let, let, let me test that theory. Test if Jerry Rawlings yes. had walked away from NDC, he could easily have won elections in this country. No, no, but that's it. You see, that's easy to say. Then you explain that. Rawlings is the different phenomenon. Well, you, you see, you go. See, you go. I'm testing your theory. No, no, no. The reason why 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 the hold on. The reason why it would be difficult to even put Jerry Rawlings in this equation is prior to him walking away from what would have been considered the NDC, uh-huh. he fits all. He has a base. No, he has, he has run the country. He would have yes. run the country for eighteen years. So, yes, prior to him walking so, away. So, so you, are, you are not. You are, you are not using uh, the point we are making is that prior uh-huh. to him walking, he would have run if the country you, for eighteen years. To, to create a third force, mm-hmm. you need to form a base. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And Rollins had been in power as a military dictator for ten years. Mm-hmm. He had a voter base. 
So if in the middle, so you can say, for example, if like when he was no longer running elections, maybe like 2000, mm -hmm. when, when he had to pass over to Mills, mm -hmm. and he said, he said he was going to walk away. Even that, because he was no longer eligible yeah. to be... So, so the best example would have been, let's say in 96, mm -hmm. if there was some schism in NDC in 96, mm -hmm. then you could have said that would have been a split. But once he's finished his term, he's chosen Mills, and Mills has become the candidate... Mm -hmm. There's, he, he, does, the, the, he doesn't even arise anymore because like Obasanjo, Obasanjo can't form a third force because he is no longer in power. So we are talking about third force from the point of view of somebody who can take part. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. I don't want us to have an academic argument. Let's have an argument in relation to like what, who is, who is eligible. Let, 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 me, let me explain the position. So you a third are, force are there now, not those who have hold finished. On. A third force can arise, not necessarily through the the efforts of the individual leading the party or oh, but for a group, a, yeah, for a group and then also someone who was previously there so to, for example if obasanjo today decides to form a political party no get nothing hold on, hold on. <laughs> wait 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 baba <laughs> you have to get in wait, wait 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 i'm making a point i'm making a point because nigeria's politics also revolves strongly around personalities you understand? He is likely to show up strongly. He sent out the press release that the elections or do they nobody mind? Oh no, no, no. I mean those we are dealing with institutional issues. That's an entirely different matter. I'm talking about how people move around people. Let, I get your point, but that's a bit of the best example. Let, but you make the you make the point. Let, let's, make let's, the point. let's depart the Ghanaian let, let's deconstruct the Ghanaian situation. You have the Akans and the other ethnic groups that's generally generally that's the position yes because the up tradition has traditionally been if you like formed around the akan group mm -hmm. and the related groups okay. you understand then you have which which they deny oh i mean of, but you know oh, they will deny that that's that's okay but you see you need to look at the history yeah. the history of how and the voting pattern exactly and then also Those the conscious attempt that was made by previous regimes to deconstruct or to do away with ethnic yeah. you know yeah. ethnic inclinations uh, exactly so yeah. exactly because they, you know, they downplay it uh -huh. for good reason they actually there was actually a legal position taking that look you cannot form yeah, you yes. uh -huh. so it became the legal position of yeah. the country yeah. so what i'm saying is that so you now have the akans coming together to push generally towards a certain direction then you have the minority groups like the Everest Volta region and and towards the OT regions and all of that, and then past of the east the, the upper east region, the upper west region. You can you can make that because naturally they will move towards the NDC. But these were also areas that generally supported the, the CPP as a political party, which ultimately even, even that has to be qualified because mm -hmm. um, some of Increment's greatest opposition was in the Volta region as well. But I get your point. Yeah. I get your point generally mm -hmm. that there are ethnic inclinations mm -hmm. which tend to favor the two leading parties in ghana yeah. now i think we should be grateful that no one individual in ghana holds sway over an ethnic group to the point of using it like they use it in kenya or nigeria mm -hmm. so again those who are saying we need a third force and a third force you may need a third force but the fact that no one individual can emerge from a party and say I'm angry. I'm leaving NDC and MPP. So all airways follow me or all guys follow me. We should be grateful because if you look at this Kenya situation, mm. he knows about Kenya elections.
the, the Kikuyu generally, mm-hmm. they voted for the former president. The guy who was the main opposition guy, uh, uh, Raila Odinga, he's a, he's a Luo guy. All right? All the Luos are for Raila. In fact, chief of this Luo. guy who's the current president is <laughs> mm-hmm. what? He's from Rift Valley. Mm-hmm. Now, he... He needed the incumbent. He, he, he actually, he, he in fact, he's actually he needed the uh, what do you call it? of, of other groups, challenges yeah. and things the Mount Kenya side. to support his bid because even though the president did not support the vice president and sort of like the Odinga guy, mm-hmm. the president's people, if you look at if you use president, didn't necessarily go with what the president wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my point is that we we should not condemn every aspect of and i'm not saying you've done this i'm just saying to people that we should not condemn every aspect of our politics where the ethnic sentiment is there we see it manifest in election results but we do not see like you were complaining right now about how you don't understand how somebody can leave a party to join because in that place what a party is is not necessarily what it is in, in ghana That's and true. you see we should be grateful for some of the things in chroma and code did where uh-huh, at least I they see. entrenched a set. For example, if you ask somebody generally, uh-huh. CPP is left, uh-huh. MPP, UP is right. Uh-huh. NDC has taken over in a sense. So NDC is social democrat. Uh-huh. In that long line, uh-huh. with the center being middle, NDC is to the left, MPP is to the right. Uh-huh. And we know generally as a fact. Uh-huh. If you go to Nigeria and ask me, what is the material difference between the PDP and the APC ideologically? Really I'm not sure even the political science lecturers of University of Ibadan can tell me mm-hmm. the difference between a PDP and APC when it comes to positions on things like subsidies and, and things. And you get me? And you are surprised how somebody can be running mate for somebody. And you, then jump quickly. So, it means that we have a richer political tradition than they do. Oh, that's true. Now, what that also then means is that mm. it will be much more difficult to penetrate. So, you, you have to take the good and the bad the the, the good is that mm-hmm. no one individual can get up and say because i'm leaving this ethnic group will go with me that also means that it's, it means that Ghanaians are very conservative in their voting and thinking so it's going to be much more difficult to create that third force here than it will be there because mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. a party means much more than simply ethnic group a party has tradition it has a long history of things is done. Mm-hmm. It may not be perfect. The democracy itself, how old is it? For the probably only thirty years old. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like we should. We, 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 we are complaining about our democracy because it's not delivering. Mm-hmm. But when you compare it to Kenya, South Africa, and Nigeria, I think our Fourth Republic is in a more robust position than all three. Yeah, but do you get me? Mm-hmm. Because the way people campaign in those countries and the aftermath of their elections and the kind of electoral violence which is based on sectarianism and eth- we don't have that here well, do you get me like as pronounced yes you see and and you see that is why we have the likes of Nkrumah to thank for first of all the mm-hmm. attempt to de-emphasize the role of tribes in what we do generally. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of moving people from one region to the other for purposes of receiving boarding education was one of the ways of de-emphasizing the role of you know ethnic sentiments in how we relate to ourselves. Because we were a group of people from various ethnic groups who he decided to balkanize into a nation or a state for purposes of running what he believes will ultimately become the African agenda. We came from different people, governed differently. And he says, let's put all of these people together so that they can live together and become something. And then he also systematically, systematically sought to de-emphasize the role of chiefs. 
in in the administration of this country so if you look at what he did he actually from the the account store if you look at it in that yes, general yes, sense uh-huh. but he pulled away from the ugcc mm-hmm. and back to you testing your theory mm-hmm. although at the time we did not necessarily have uh, two big blocks because the ugcc was basically the folks who were leading the campaign for independence for ghana then he pulled out of that block of course there were people who were opposed to the idea of independence generally but he pulled out and got people to follow him yeah. was in prison but was able to win the elections yeah the point that we have generally seen that the ndc has fed off the cpp elements yes. has fed up the pnc elements yes. in essence they have swallowed these other groups which could easily mm-hmm. work together mm-hmm. and properly purposed could have been the third force in our country but because you have the ndc feeding fat on these people <laughs> and the the mpp preserving its purity in the sense of let's stay through to what we have always been which is what the 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 up tradition and then now going the extra mile to do something about the north which has some tradition or links to them but because of the historic divisions and suspicions about mm-hmm. tribes and what we think of each other and all of that we have maintained what appears to be yeah. the and, outer and, and, structure and the other thing we need to mm-hmm. be grateful for is that there's a lot more nuance in our um ethnic makeup right so like you said in kruma is akan mm-hmm. he's in zima but it's there's the 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 he didn't identify or come with an Zima agenda yeah, he wanted the, to the thing we need to remember is that he had workers that he veranda boys so he see he he, he he rallied other social forces to make up for lack of an ethnic base yeah but you see what he did was to try and feed off all the others against some yeah no, what, I, no, what i'm saying is that he didn't what Nkrumah did which helped him mm-hmm. was that he was talking about the farmers the workers the unions and things people. so he he sort of did he, 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 he almost like he waged a class war in a way he was like okay you know what these guys are lawyers and aristocratic people who want slow gradualist independence because they are in bed with the british mm-hmm. we the hungry people together mm-hmm. from all over the country we are not for so you know that most people in chroma people even in ashanti they were like younger people they were hungrier people like the they were more aspirational people who were looking for a better life for themselves mm-hmm. so again because that is the foundation of the country it is an exception i don't think it's, it's going to be easy to replicate what Nkrumah did if you don't belong to any of the two leading parties that's my first point now the other thing i need to say about this nuance is that whereas in nigeria yes there are, there's, there's a difference between the northeast and the northwest so as i said in the in the analysis i did the northwest groups indeed that the main suspicion between the 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 southeast is with the northwest if you want to be very careful about that so i'm saying that there's nuance in the north but i'm just basically saying that because it's generally house of fulani in the north who also suspect each other don't, you know, don't, don't, just don't let me miss the point i'm saying if you it's nigeria has over 10 ethnic groups yeah. but the three dominant groups mm-hmm. are in three geopolitical zones mm-hmm. house of fulani in the north Ibo in the southeast, Yoruba in the southwest. Okay. Ours is not even like that because I'm saying there's so much nuance. Because Anakan, Efanti is Anakan, mm-hmm. Anashanti is Anakan, Ekuru is Anakan, Ekwapim is Anakan, Inzima is Akan, Ahanta is Akan. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then there's also the Guans who are everywhere mm-hmm. who we all borrowed from. 
Yeah. And indeed, when I talk to Kwekwe Dakwanka, you understand why we are even blessed to have the Guans because they, I mean, you cover go, everything. Do you understand? They and they, yeah, the original. They are presence in oh. Eastern region, Bronga Afu region, Volta region, and even the north. It's a stabilizing force. Yeah, even the central region, it's a stabilizing force because most, in fact, when you do the language, you have most language borrowed from the Guan language. Yeah. Okay, then you also have Fanti votes, which is not predictable because again in our history, Asante Fanti suspicion with the British and the Asin and all of that. So you notice the trade routes, the Asante wanted direct access to the coast, the Fantis were there. All of that has helped yeah, that we don't have all accounts don't get up and say I'm waiting for one party. And I'm saying that we shouldn't downplay that because you could have been born in a country where all you are told is that because you are from here, this is the only party you vote for, and everybody else is a bad person. Which is what happens in Ghana, though. Except it, it, that it's, it's not, not as that. It's not as that's what, no. You are not, no, yes. not getting me. I'm saying that there are various seeds of Akan, uh-huh. which some of which have internal rivalries on their own. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So a phantom is an Akan person, but he doesn't see himself as an Akan. He's a phantom man. Yes. And he thinks that an Asante person may not necessarily be doing things in his own interest. Which is historic. And the account, the Fanti man doesn't owe allegiance to the tomb for. Which is historic. Do you understand me? Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying that that history has this good side. Because in other countries, people have weaponized Ethnic. that concept and used it in a very deleterious fashion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, you mentioned Nkrumah and the forces he rallied. He did not rally forces on ethnic lines. He rallied forces more on class lines. Which also helps. Number three, ideology. Ideology has reduced in our politics. Yagrian was telling me how Rawlings is the godfather of the current NDC MPP elite, and he's right. Because prior to Rawlings, there was a clear distinction between the left and the right. Mm-hmm. It was very clear what Buzia was trying to do, and it was very clear Achampong was on a different tangent. It's very clear the difference between Nkrumah and Buzia. It's very clear even the difference between Liman. And what we see today in NDC, right? But your grounds point is that when Rollins, after the first four years and things were not working, and there was an argument in the PNDC about how they should approach the IMF, as soon as Rollins went to the IMF, a lot of the people on the left either left or were sacked, or they had to convert to become uh, pragmatists. They are Hoyes and Co. Now, that has meant that. The NDC and MPP are only different when it comes to emphasis of where to get their vote from. But their policies are not really the same. They are not really different. They are not ideologically that distinct. Because the template, so his grandpa said, the template that they use is the same template that Rollins gave them. So they will make a lot of campaign noise. But you know that they will do the same thing. Mm-hmm. What that means is that people who feel disenfranchised in the system are unhappy with the two parties but they don't see a way out as to a genuine alternative because it's 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 not it's no longer an an adolescent debate do you understand me so Mm -hmm. if you're a third force then you have to offer people a more so in a sense the third force can actually offer a more genuine policy alternative Mm -hmm. but may not have an ethnic base to ride on because even though the youth want an economic way out, mm-hmm. they've been framed to vote based on their ethnic group for a long time. Mm-hmm. So if you are a third force, you may have two problems. Yes, you can have a good ideology to, to ride on. But will a young person born in Tamale vote for you because of your ideology or because of where you are coming from? That's what we need to decipher. If the youth in Ghana 
will rally around an idea or an economic program or a method of governance that puts the citizen at the center and it's not like what the NDC and NPP are doing mm -hmm. then we hope the youth to be discerning enough to do this then you have a third force but 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 the youth from the, the way i interact with a lot of them they will say a lot of things but they will still go and vote based on where they are from I, I, and so I, long I, as they I, keep I, doing that uh -huh. the NDC and NPP will be will be empowered to continue the politics they do because the real issue is not about the ideology it's about how many people you can whip up to come and vote for you because they are from that side of the country uh -huh, you see so that's so it's the youth who have to decide what they want if they want somebody with a different idea mm -hmm. then they have to start showing that by stopping this blind support for parties on the basis of where the party comes from mm -hmm. and rather say okay how come in 20 years student loan we are not getting we don't have rooms to sleep in in our halls things are look at nooks nooks is basically dismembered into two sides and this mpp you hear me so they youth themselves they put their stomach ahead of their their uh, their, their 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 conscience and they expect somebody to come and save them if you want a third force then you have to decide that you will not vote on the basis of ethnicity do you understand me mm -hmm. and until we stop so, so in a sense our voting is what has empowered this duopoly but 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 also um i, I agree with a large part of what you said but i think when it comes to the ghana side what has also lacked and perhaps what keeps us away from having a conversation about a third force and i based on the analysis you've done and like i said i agree with large parts of it we are very far away from the concept of a third force even as what we have described in Nigeria with Peter Obi in in the sense that most of these sentiments would require a symbol, somebody to lead it, somebody to voice it. Okay. Mm. If you look at where our politics has been and we 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 tend to be very distrustful and oh. of people now. And that of politicians, of politicians yeah. generally, and, and that has been born out of how our political history, basically how the various political traditions have treated this country and how the various governments mm. have treated this country. So you have a, a significant level of distrust mm. that is there. Two, the balancing that Bernard spoke about. If and, if, and this is personal, if there were even to be a certain kind of groundswell where it would come from mostly based on where Ghana normally lies would be religious. But even with that, I have come to the firm conclusion that Ghanaians are more political than religious, although they hide it. They will tell you they are religious, but Ghan with the political parties of MPP and NDC have been so effective that they are even able to balance out the religious, because in other places, religion is also a significant Push for a third force, but, 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 but the, the religion thing hasn't been tested yet. No, it's been in no, Ghana. no, that's the point it's, I'm making. It's not been tested in yet. Ghana. I think no, the political no, I'm, I'm parties. You, you, in terms you know, of you know, being more religious than yes, you see, you are saying. Oh, you are saying that <laughs> when it comes to voting, yes, uh, the average Ghanaian is more partisan than religious. Yes, and I'm saying I'll grant you that. Yes, because religion, religion has never been a question in an election yet. Certainly, it could be tested. so. So. I'm granting you that yes. on the basis of history. Yes. But when I listen to the rhetoric of... I mean, put, put on your TV. Yes. Put on your TV and watch carefully, scan your satellite TV and mm -hmm. watch like 20 stations. Mm -hmm. The kinds of religious things that are put there and the, in fact, the proliferation of religious uh, um, houses and religious media, media, media is because the Ghanaian psyche is very religious. 
So the potential is there to mm-hmm. weaponize it. The potential is there because yes. if you listen to, I, I don't want to use people's example, but like if you listen to all the things, things yeah, I kind of think they worry. do, uh-huh, they say, and they are doing it openly, and nobody in society even. It is very easy to weaponize religion. So let's not even let let's not give ourselves a sense a false sense of security. No, I'm not giving us a false sense of security. I'm just speaking about how far we are from it now, mm-hmm. and how the MPP and the NDC as political elements can feel safe at least for a while because mm-hmm. the factors that require that to happen, if you look at where we are now, it will it will take a bit more one to generate that symbol or a person to lead that kind of sentiment. Two the effectiveness of these two parties Mm-hmm. Okay, in keeping in, in keeping their basis satisfied to a certain extent. You see, the satisfaction uh, or the there, satisfaction. There's, there's, there's a cynical part of me that even thinks. Oh, calm down. That, uh-huh. part of that even thinks that uh-huh. what happened to Indum. W- w- there's um, and I don't have any evidence of this. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's it, 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 anecdotal. I, I, f- I feel like subtly mm-hmm. the two leading parties are in agreement in a way because he could have become he could have become the third force if it wasn't for the of of course the whole the way he came out of the cpp itself was a problem mm-hmm. but he's funny and you saw what he did in elmina mm-hmm. and he was sort of using that as a base to 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 mm-hmm. build so and i'm not saying i wanted him to use his funtiness but because we've already said that funty People they, they tend shift. to they tend to shift their vote, mm-hmm. and Fantis are are in both the central and the western region. Mm-hmm. So if he had been allowed to work for say five more years and build a western central base of a following, mm-hmm. with the work he's done in Elmina, maybe Cape Coast, then they start seeing it in Takradi. If Indum had sort of continued on the trajectory that he was supposed to continue on, mm-hmm. then he would probably. Have offered because my, my main thesis is that you cannot have a third force without a base, and he was in the process of building a base. See, now, if you look at how he's been, his his been his, his wings have been clipped, mm-hmm. and I don't even see NDC coming out to complain about how he's been treated. That no, much. but but the point, just, the point so I'm coming. So I'm saying that. No, uh-huh. I'm saying the so the, so, so the uh-huh. cynical part of me saying that maybe they are saying Charlie, I you cry, kaya mani koya kobe ha yensu. No, you see, no, but, but, you me? I mean, so, we are. We are no, he also, he, 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 because he's the closest to a third that we could have ever had at least for the past 10 years. But he didn't do the work. He did not do the work. He was already flawed because of the CPP issue and all that. But nobody's perfect. No, you see, but that is what, again, you see, let us establish the third force. The third, third forces are, the, 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 the circumstances that lead to the generation of a third force are temporary. And they are very fluid. Yes. Okay, they are very fluid. So, Indum had his moment. Mm-hmm. The time that Indum was the ish for the Ghanaian political community, where in, supporting Indum was considered sexy, or where he, he was considered as a viable alternative to what existed, you could look at the triggers of the movement. There was a certain level of dissatisfaction. But hold on, I'm coming. I'm coming. Mm. I'll, I'll, let me just hold let me just learn. Calm down. Mm. Okay. There were certain triggers that brought him. Mm-hmm. Okay. But 
his 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 build up on that was to focus on the fantasy side as you spoke yeah. let me go and build the elmina because even no. his candidates when you look at when you look at when you look at when you look at even rather than his parliamentary candidates who emerged within the the i think this was 2016 election mm. You could say he has some quality people within the Western and Central enclave. But don't forget, he was a member of Parliament. For, yes, that's what we are saying. That yeah, his he was base, assembly so, member. Yes, so his base mm-hmm. could have been, but because we are discouraging ethnic bases mm-hmm. in this discussion, there's a limit to how I can push that argument. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that had he continued on the trajectory of a businessman, he has resources. He has credible parliamentary candidates, but he didn't do the work. No, that's a different point. He, 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 like he has, he has the, he has the a message that's resonating. It wasn't because he didn't do the oh, work. That, it's easy for you to see. Like, no, it's no, 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 no. Let me give The work, the work of capitalizing on the triggers that were in place at that moment. You see, the fact. Hold on, Bernard. Hold on. You've spoken a lot today. I know. I know. Calm down. No, don't give me an example. Let me talk. The fact that the fact that yeah, he didn't do the work. He, you see, I think what you are saying is that he didn't succeed in in establishing himself because he didn't do the work. You see, I'm no, saying wait, wait, wait. As in, he could not achieve what he wanted to achieve. achieve. Yes, because the the focus no the, the focus on what he wanted to do was instead of being national, okay. And Indum was a, I, I talk about Indum and I started this because Indum I felt was a missed opportunity for the third party elements mm-hmm. the third or the third force elements okay. Okay. he did not become a national presence what i wanted to say to you okay. is that on mainstream media uh-huh. there was a per- particular period where when they were um, paneling mm-hmm. you know you usually have an ndc rep and an mm-hmm. mpp rep for some stations mm-hmm. for what is worth there was granted a PPP PPP. rep for some time in the country mm-hmm. at least for a three-year window you would have nana opori Usu, you will have uh, some guy with some there were two people Kunsin and no, no, I think that you people should remember one thing that which is Tinubu. No, he won the tier, he was dancing Buga. Was he able to dance the Buga? He was dancing Buga at 5 a.m. Can you imagine? But is he actually 71? Which 71? Are we using Roman numerals? Have you have you have you ever heard the younger sister celebrate a birthday before? No, 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 no. He has a younger sister. Oh, the younger sister can celebrate her birthday. Otherwise, Charlie, it will blow me my cover. Please, if you know, if you have the best education, now that you are finishing this thing, let me tell you. Look, there's no such thing as third force anywhere. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. Where? You see, normally it is the parliamentary democracies that produce them. Where? Where? One country where there's a third force properly so called. Now Nigeria has one. Where? No, you just mentioned one country that has. I'm not talking about a third party, a fourth party, a third force that okay, is okay, okay, okay. in the tradition the st- and the okay. culture what and the way things are done. What's our working division of a third force? No, but that's it, is, it, is, it is a collection, a, group, a community of party activists mm-hmm. who can change the nature of things. Okay. 
And I'm saying that Generally, in fact, in Ghana, mm -hmm. one John Bilson, Dr. John Bilson, mm -hmm. woke up one day in his quest to establish what you are looking at there for. He actually named his party Third Force Party. In Ghana. In Ghana, yes. Ask where he ended up. Yes. So I'm just saying that the idea of a third force is a welcoming idea. Mm -hmm. But I think what we need is a change of paradigm. Mm -hmm. is our mindset that we need to push to change. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? Um, um, Obi has done such a great job. Too much. But what did he want to do? Did he just want to show up? He wanted to win. He wanted to win. Did he win? Yeah. No. You understand? He has become an emblem of a new idea mm -hmm. that something works. Okay? So they can hold on to that. That they can that hold on. But, but he may get in, in a community... Too. In a, in, a, in a continent where illiteracy is struggling mm -hmm. to find a new expression, mm. these things don't just get done away with. People wake up in the morning, the first thing is, what religion do I belong to? What ethnic group do I belong to? Who is my friend? And this is what played up in Nigeria. No matter how smart you may sound everything, mm. when it comes to the ballot box, Guess what? Why do you see what happened in Abuja and in Lagos? Charlie, he won. Mm -hmm. He won because of the degree of literacy and illiteracy. Mm -hmm. Now, as you move mm -hmm. away from, then they become more. From, so, so they they, so, they so, wake so, up. So, their I identity mean, is you, what. So they, your, your point is that he's shown what is possible. He's shown it, what is possible. Yes. Because if you look at Abuja and Lagos votes. There you can say it's a nice mix of the country. Good. And he won there. Let me tell you. Yeah. My now, education. when... Yeah, education let's not forget. Mm -hmm. Let's come back to Ghana. Mm -hmm. Do you know the Eagle Party announced the formation of the party post-PNDC mm -hmm. before the PNDC, yeah. uh, before the NDC yeah, came? Yeah. Right. If the NDC at the time mm -hmm. considered themselves the potential of forming a third force, they would not have made that attempt to... to eradicate the cpp mm -hmm. or the remnants of the cpp yeah. you understand yeah. because they they recognize that there was a tradition that they, they understand they the duality to, of things yes so, so they have to buy into you mean in life you're either a man or a woman yes you are either go to the uk everything is one or one labor party conservative no, no, i buy i look I, I agree with you when you say generally speaking third forces are rarities because there's the duality of things but i'm just saying in that africa in the moment, no, my pastor, wait, there are certain moments based on his point that there are certain moments when those things emerge so in the steady state they are it's left or right they are rare but yes so there's there are, but, there are things on. that trigger those you see, things. what i'm saying is that is a use of the whole phraseology of a third force. I'm just saying that we can have an outline situation where somebody pops up, but in a sustained manner, as mm. we have seen mm. the Dankwa people, mm. the Nkrumah people, mm. it, it's it, it, it doesn't just happen. Yeah. Jerry Rollins had been head of state for almost from 10 years. 81. 79 for a few yeah, months. months. So I came back in 81 to 92. How many years would that be? 11. Now, this person wants to form a political party. If a third force were plausible, he wouldn't have needed to, to tap into the base yeah, yeah, yeah. of the existing I, I, traditions. I think you have made this is the point, point I'm making. Point. You I see, and this is the problem we have. Yeah, and it's yeah. linked to illiteracy yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. other primitive yeah. ways of doing things. Yeah. That you can have. Look, 
You and me, mm-hmm. we are here. If I said that, can you mention one name in your own circle of friends or with your experiences mm-hmm. in Ghana mm-hmm. that you think this person, this one person fits the role of a president of Ghana? Can't you mention some? Obebrewikwa. We will mention. Yes. But what does it take to become the president? You have to put in the work. Exactly. <laughs> you have to do the work. You have to do the work. And you need and to do the work. You need a vehicle. You need a vehicle. And the party work, no. It's not about who can do it. You need a vehicle. One of a political party. party. Two of an existing tradition. Yes. If you don't have the tradition, you will waste money. Yeah. yeah. Look, Obafemi Awulowo. Why didn't he ever become president in Nigeria? He had all the money. The people were not smart. They, they not plenty. The Ruban man, Charlie. And even if Azikiwe even did worse. Yes. In fact, when you look at the results in the seventy-nine elections, yes, yes. Azikiwe had like fifteen percent. They finish up. Yeah. So I'm just saying that you see yeah, this Charlie. tradition thing. It's key. The only thing that can fight it is continuous education, education. and the work of the media yes. and the uh, 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 Franklin Kujo's people. Civil well, society. Civil society can groups. then help to change people's minds. It's, 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 okay. it's the end. Oh, no, no, I just I need to pay is the NDC a tradition? It is. It is, is there a Rawlings tradition? Oh. Hang on, hang on. Jumpo. We can debate that. <laughs> I do not think that they have earned what we can call a tradition yet. We can. We, we can debate because that because it's an it's, it's a hybrid of what the the the, the, the legacy of Kwame Nkrumah. Okay, because if they are pushed to the wall, who do they mention? It's Nkrumah they mention. Yeah. Because they don't want the MPP to come near the Nkrumah legacy. So it's back to the duality of things. So at the end of the day, for example, they created the Nkrumah uh, holiday. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's right. When when you look at the fault lines, it's the two, it's the same two. It's only a coup d'etat. All right, so we, we will come back to that. Please, I don't know what, what you are saying. I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> coup d'etat that upsets the that upsets. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling for one. No, I know. You I have lived you, through you one. You don't like it. You don't, you don't like who's... All right. So, thank you for your comments. The discussion was not meant to be exhaustive. We followed the Nigerian election very closely and we are sort of excited about what we've seen there and we're trying to compare it to what pertains here knowing the different, the peculiarities in the histories and knowing that you cannot replicate one country in another country. But I say to Nigerians, well done. Well done. Uh, no, 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 that. I need to make a word on the one. And 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 you know, when you can see their sizes, but they are really old. But if you put everything aside, if you put everything aside, then uh-huh. if it wasn't that Bola Tinubu was old, right? If the Bola Tinubu I have known and heard about mm-hmm. probably like ten years ago when Nigeria's president mm-hmm. They will do very well because if you're president ten years ago, yes, the man, the man, the man's ago. track record and what he's been able to do in opposition. Yeah, but you see, we you know what I'm saying? Now <laughs> they, they are alleging that the sister that is the baby, baby, you know, is age and everything. But like, <laughs> but, I mean, but if, if, if the Bola Tinubu, if the Bola I know, seventy, stop that. If he can show, if if he can show any remnant 
of the the form that he had mm-hmm. in 10 years ago they they have a good guy yes and but I, the point is that 40 years ago yes 40 40 years ago mm. bola tinubu was still a big man in nigeria the likes of Saraki, uh, 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 when Adamuata and all those people were there, the name Bola Tinubu is it, not the new name. Says, they know him, so that's my point. That, oh, it, but the, the seventh thing. <laughs> oh my lord and my god! Now let's talk about insurance. It's the Imperial Insurance Win promo from now to thirty first March. Insure your vehicle with Imperial General Insurance and win handsome rewards. Now we are talking about instant gifts, right? Ensure and pick up your reward. You can win fewer coupons, gift vouchers, special souvenirs, and more. We're also giving free one-year life insurance cover as part of your motor insurance cover. Call Imperial on zero three zero two seven eight eight nine five five or zero three zero two seven eight eight nine five five. Imperial General Solid Protection. And Vodafone Business presents Vodafone Too Much Business, the number one mobile plan for businesses in Ghana today. With Vodafone Too Much, you have the best mobile plan on the market that gives your business the best value. That means you have the flexibility to choose voice, data, and SMS packages that suit your business's size and ambitions. Get more minutes for Vodafone to Vodafone calls and calls to other networks, data, and SMS in one complete mobile package. You can also take your business to the next level with Vodafone Too Much Business. Send stats to 0507-779-000. Vodafone Feather Together. And if you want to boost your business with social media, join the Social Media Masterclass for Business Executives brought to you by the Institute of Digital Marketing. Learn the techniques, tips, best practice and insight from leading industry practitioners and professionals now this is on the 4th of march at alisa hotel the saturday from 9 a.m to 4 p.m rate is 1450 cities where you will understand social media how to audit your business social media accounts <coughs> how to develop content and use the hexacon framework and do a lot of things now to register call or whatsapp 0244 767801 that's uh, maximus 0244 801 or simply dial star 713 star 33 star 032 hash idm building competences for tomorrow you can also go online idm.edu.gh to register and if your health is important to you visit vigdang healthcare a ghana health service certified healthcare center that specializes in kidney stones hepatomegaly hypertension fatty liver treatment and more we specialize in using 100 percent natural medicine in all treatments you can also reach us on 054-995-1211 that's 054-995-1211 and coronation insurance is giving up out or giving out up to 2000 cities worth of fuel coupons and other amazing prizes in the coronation more to win promo to participate buy your motor insurance using the coronation insurance data platform dial star 789 star 115 hash or visit my coronation insurance ghana.com any fuel coupon you get is redeemable at any shell station don't forget the short code is star 789 star 115 hash we'll tell you about what to expect this March when we come back and then my first episode of your honest series 
we could do a crankraft. I'll be speaking about the Aquabu people. Open us, people. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. All right, so it's uh, 9.22. Uh, let's just talk something briefly about the Heritage Month. Started today. It's until the end. There are three main highlights for the month. Let's, let's tell, tell me about what to expect. Let's start with the on-air series for TV because this year there's a different flavor that is coming. I noticed that there's a whole setting, there's a whole village on the TV screen and all of that. Let, let's talk about that. Well, it's just um, celebrating Ghana in... in, in more ways than one mm-hmm. is um, what we have done is to be able to um, craft all our cultural assets as a country, mm-hmm. um, both tangible and intangible assets, mm-hmm. and to be able to celebrate, recognize, and celebrate them. Mm-hmm. So, this is um, the Heritage Month telling our stories, revisiting mm-hmm. our past um, mm-hmm. successes as a nation. Um, also trying to educate people on some of the institutions and organizations that that's contributed to our being a nation and so there's a there's a series on the the history of the Ghana armed forces for instance mm-hmm. um, we are also talking about people and places mm-hmm. um, which you have also dealt with Kwekuda Kwankra mm-hmm. so this is um, generally the on-air series will be zeroing in on the cultural assets. So the Heritage Month was what we've been doing for almost 15 years, I yes, believe. Yes, yes, yes. And the, it used to just be the on-air series. Yeah. But now it's evolved and there's two more dimensions. That's correct. So there's the Heritage Caravan and then the Back to the Village Food Bazaar. Let's talk about the caravan. It, it's, it's, when is it starting? What, what, what are some of the things Okay, so expect? Heritage Caravan, again, part of the whole tourism mm-hmm. wing of, of, of celebrating the Heritage mm-hmm. Month. Is trying to get Ghanaians to is to is to trigger this new way of life where Ghanaians will start paying money to see other parts of Ghana mm-hmm. because there's a there's a sickness of the middle class mm-hmm. that then the moment they he, they they use the word holidays mm-hmm. the next thing is travel abroad mm-hmm. if I am on leave and I have to go on holidays. Then for a middle class, for me to get my validation as a middle class person, I have to travel to, where are some of the places they go? To New York, to London, to wherever, Mm -hmm. you know. And at times, it is draining. Mm -hmm. If you know how international travel Mm -hmm. is, you know. And and, and we are saying, why don't you, if you have, say, um, one month, why don't you use one week to to, to, to do this okay. in Ghana, mm-hmm. get to know other parts of Ghana, uh, and then you can do your international travel mm-hmm. as well. So basically, it's to bring back this culture okay. of getting to know Ghana and other parts okay. of And then, of course, there's the Back to the Village Food Bazaar, yes. which starts on the 26th. 26th I'll yes. bring you back to talk about that. So for viewers of CTV and listeners of CTFM, this week is going to be the on-air series. Yes, it's, we are starting the on-air series this week, mm-hmm. and it's going through the the whole month of March. Mm-hmm. 
Wonderful. Samis, th thank you. I need to do a quick interview with Goel, who are sponsors of the Heritage Caravan. Then I'm going to take you into my first on-air series for the week, where I'll be speaking to Kweku Dakwankra on the Aquamus and who they are in Ghana. Alright, so before we talk about the Aquamus, which is our first episode for the series, we will be talking uh, about this big thing that's happening, a 10-kilometer health walk called Walk with Goyle, organized by uh, Ghana's Dino OMC Goyle. takes place on Independence Day, 6 March, from El Wak Stadium at 6 a.m. And I have Mr. Betre, who is a public affairs or public relations manager at Goyle. Welcome, Robert, again. Thank you, Bernard. Solomon Blake-Kofi is a safety manager for the same company. Solomon, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'm told you will you join us as well. He's the manager of Azuma Nelson. So, Robert, let, let's let's talk about um, Goyle. I believe there's been some news. You've lowered your prices. Yes. Let's give me the latest on Goyle. Precisely. I mean, we have lowered our prices um, uh, to 13 point... Uh, thereabout. I, I just had to refer to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, 13 point... Eight. Eight, right. So per um, liter, yes. yeah, per liter. In fact, diesel has gone down by uh, more than one CD, mm -hmm. and then super has gone down by five percent. Mm -hmm. So it's significant, mm -hmm. and this is what we are we want to appeal to consumers to visit our stations and get the best. Mm. Right. And of course, Goal is obviously one of the leading OMCs in the country. Exactly. Tell me about your services and your stations and what makes the brand a different brand Yo, you know we are in about 440 stations across the country mm -hmm. across the country mm -hmm. the length and breadth of the country mm -hmm. and we are touted as having some of the best stations mm -hmm. we are everywhere and that is why we appeal to our customers wherever you go you can get the best of the products mm -hmm. our products super sp 95 has been attested to be one of the best in terms of its quality and the high grade we sell it at the same price as other uh, Ron91 that has been sold across the country. And our diesel is also of a good quality because of its low sulfur. And therefore, it is um, a very good product for customers. So when customers buy, they get their money's worth and they get their quality in terms of mm. the performance of their vehicle. Mm. That is what mm. brands us as the best in the world and mm. our number one oil marketing company. So, Solomon, we hear girl ambassador Azuma Nelson, who we know is an inductee into the Boxing Hall of Fame, is organizing a health walk with, with Girl. Tell us a bit about this and why Girl is in, involved in this. Okay, thank you, Donna. Essentially, uh, as part of uh, our uh, uh, health, healthy lifestyle program at uh, HSS department at Girl, we usually organize health work for staff. Mm -hmm. But uh, this time around, we decided to extend invitation to our customers, the, our business associates, and uh, 
the general public mm. to partake in the, this worthy exercise mm. because at God, you know that we extend uh, the good things that we have with our customers. So that's why we are extending it to the general public and our customers to partake of this. Mm. So what do you want to achieve with this work? Oh, generally to improve the uh, health of staff and the general public. I see. Uh, you know, you say a, health, a healthy mind, <laughs> the famous Roman poet's um, um, phrase that a healthy mind is a, health, uh, in a, a sound mind, a sound body. Mm. And therefore, mm. if we have that, we should, people should be able to get healthy and mm. work for development. We say mm. uh, we are energized for service. Wow. And when we say we are energized for service, mm. the kind of healthy lifestyles that we live we need to grow up on them so that uh, we can get our, uh, our energy selling going. So Yalsechi has joined us. Yalsechi is the manager for Zuma Nelson. He is part of this work. Yao, who is attending and give me some more insight into this health work? Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you are attending. Is it? We, yeah, we are extending oh, invitation oh, I, I to you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. Thank you for telling me. Yes, and I bring you greetings from uh, the brand ambassador, mm. Azuma Nelson. Uh, he's, he's, not, he's not able to join us because you know mm. he's bearing his mother next week mm. uh, on the 11th mm. and uh, we have an invitation for you and some as well so okay. okay okay so yes azuma is is working mm -hmm. the leadership of goyo working and i'm talking about the group ceo md i'm talking about the board chair reginald Laie. Mm -hmm. you call him get okay um everybody everybody's partners. working everybody's working 10 kilometers uh, yes yes uh wow yes we are working and uh we are very excited about the opportunity to engage our partners so all the partners of goyo coming um goyo uh, it's pleased with the support from the general public making them the leaders and this is an opportunity to engage work together interact and let's be healthy together. Mm. And so everybody's coming and it's open to the general public. Mm. Uh, it's on Monday. It's a holiday. We're mm. starting from Elwak Sports Stadium. Mm -hmm. We're walking through Aviation Social Center mm -hmm. uh, towards the airport shell. We'll mm -hmm. turn our left and walk back to 37. You see that loop. Road. You get it. You get it. Mm -hmm. You get it. So mm -hmm. it's going to be fun. Mm. And, and so we're encouraging everybody mm -hmm. listening to us this morning yeah. uh, to make it a point to be there, walk mm -hmm. with us, interact with Goyo, mm -hmm. and let's be healthy together. We understand that there are some rewards for participants. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, there is the Go See You Award, which will be rewarded <clears throat> to um, to the most outstanding of our uh, people who took, who take the walk. Mm -hmm. And there's a brand ambassador's walk, okay. obviously, um, at, in recognition of Azuma. Mm -hmm. And then there's a Good Energy Award, okay. presented to the most inspirational participant mm -hmm. at the walk. And then there will be lucky dips also uh, for people who drop their business cars, registration cars, mm -hmm. after aerobics, so that they can randomly pick... Uh, some of the cards, and at the end of the day, we reward them. So mm. there'll be rewards for people who endure and <laughs> uh, get a good energy feeling. So get your your trainers and get ready for the walk on on the Monday. But it, do you need to re-register pre -register to to walk? Um, it's a yes, a yes, uh, but it's not a must. Mm -hmm. We are encouraging people to pre-register mm -hmm. because we're going to uh, do electronic registration on the morning and mm -hmm. to avoid long queues mm -hmm. if you're able to pre-register you get your special number you get that you're verified and then you can you can join the walk and so if you want to avoid the queue you visit our social media mm -hmm. uh, platforms that i'm talking about goyo mm -hmm. on facebook is goyo.official mm -hmm. uh, on ig is goyo underscore gh mm -hmm. and then on twitter is goyo underscore 
official so you visit any of the platforms mm. you pre-register get your special number and on the day when you get there within five seconds you're verified wow and then uh, you right. can be a part of the world. any closing comments okay we entreat of the general public to be there on mm. the uh, 6th of march wonderful Elwak Stadium. Yes, you know there will be good energy vibes. So yes, please. Uh, once there's good energy vibes, mm. uh, we invite people, and I'm okay. sure you will, you will be willing to come, won't you? I'll see. I'll see what I no, can. No, he likes to, to walk. I know yes. about. I know. Pardee. I know Bernardino. Robert Trey is a PR manager for Goel. <laughs> Thank Solomon Blakov is a safety manager, and Yaosichi Aferi is manager of Azuma Nelson, who is leading hundreds of people to walk on Monday, ten kilometers, as part of the health week with goil this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation the city breakfast show rise above the noise Welcome to another episode of your online series here on the Heritage Month this March. Today we're focusing on the Eastern region and we're picking a couple of the groups in the region to discuss their history and also look at some places of historical significance. My guest is Kwekuda Kwankra, who I call a polymath. Originally a journalist by training, but he's also a lawyer. He also writes and is doing very important research in various aspects of our history. Thanks for joining us on the series. Thank you. We're talking about the Eastern region today, and I just wanted you to first start off by giving me a quick overview of the main groups there before we get into specific issues. Well, so first and foremost, I'm a law student. You're yeah. a law student? I completed LLB. I've not gone to the So I'm not going to the bias. Yes, so someday, when I finish the PhD, very soon. Then you can be called. <laughs> I, I get it. All right. Yeah. Isn't it very interesting for me? It's one of the most diverse regions in terms of physically seen, mm -hmm. but even in terms of people groups as well. They are quite significant historical groups and also groups there now that are worthy of note, are they not? Yeah, they are. So, as you said, it is a multi ethnic uh, crucible. So, we do have uh, the Achim, and the Achim, we have the three Achim, the Buakwa. We have the Bosome, and then we have the Kotoku. That make the Achamansa, mm -hmm. the three Achim groups, and then we also have the Dangwe group in the eastern region. So we have the Maya Krobo, and then you have the Yulu Krobo, mm -hmm. which are also there. Then you also have the uh, the Equiapim, which comprises the Hilly Guans, and then the Akan migrants in that area. Then you also have Kou in that area so those are the so we have the achims who are the bosomi kotoku and uh, uh Buakwa. then we have the dangbes yellow and manyakrobo upper and lower yeah. uh, kwapims are the hilly guans yeah. and then the akan migrants yeah. and then we have the kwewu so these are the four, yeah. the four so there's another ethnic group um, which is also a guan in the Kuwait area. In fact, their language is on extension. I remember the name, but they are still within the Dafran prince there. But what about the guans? I know that the um, Hili guans are a significant part, but I thought that getting closer to the uh, Kosombo areas, there yeah. are other groups in the Eastern region yes, as well. Yes, there are Komu. So the Akwamu is Akomu. also yes, there. Yes, the Akwamus are there. I see. Yes. So the Akwamus are distinct from these four you've described? They are all different. They are distinctive account groups. So talk to me about the Akwamu. Who are they? Because in our, what we read in history was that they were very fierce, 
they were warlike and for a while they were so powerful that different groups had to come to fight them because yeah. they were almost undefeatable in war yeah is this correct yeah so that's very true so that come by 1630 1640s up to a whole lot of uh, up to uh, by 1730 they control they were the most powerful group uh, among the Akan group okay and the, their power emerged immediately after the Dentra. Why the Dentra? Uh, prior before even the Dentra. So they move hand in hand with the Dentra. So even the Dentra fell along the line and uh, how do you call it? Akomu were still standing. So who are these people? One may ask, where do they come from to be there? So these Akomu people are part of the Adriana. Chia Abrede group, the Idriana Chia Abrede and Chia Abrede group. So the Idriana and in Chia, you see all of them, they assemble is dog. They assemble, so you see on their staff, a dog sometimes with a bone in the mouth or a dog with fire. Uh, because they believe that they brought fire to the world, inventors of fire. So when you meet them, you meet them, a Idriana person, then you spoke Ujaba, that the child of fire. That's who they are. So they say, Adriana Antria, Adriana Antria Abrede, Apprentia Omensio, because they brought water and then as well as fire. That's why they call Adriana Antria Apprentia Omensio. So this group of people, uh, as uh, Akan's migration is well known, also came from the northern corridors and then they passed through and then entered uh, the enclaves of Prairie River Basin. When they came to the Prairie River Basin, there were autochthonous groups there. I mean, the original or aboriginal settlers that were there. They were 80 uh, autochthons. So when they came to the area, these were the people who are now at Asini Kuchia. Okay? Uh -huh. They were there. They were used to call them Orenji. They were on the land called Asasetre. Asasetre was then between Himai and then uh, getting to Mokwa. So the other Aboriginal group there were Chufu, Chufu, Etimokwa, then Heman, okay, they were there, and then in Nahem, they were also there in that area. So what happened was that when the Adriana uh, Abrede came there, they were led by their leader called Nana Adem Kokobu. So Adem Kokobu came to settle there with another uh, group, the Chufu people, also came with their leader called uh, Nana Mfatiye Amwa, he also came to the area. Mm -hmm. So Mfatiye Amwa and Nkofo were there before the Adriana group came there to settle. So this Adriana group uh, lived there for a very long time, even signed some contracts with the Portuguese back in the day for trade. And then dynastic conflict arose during the time of Nana Usubari and then Nana Otumufo Asari was a blacksmith, so he's called Otumufo Asari. As a result of this dynastic conflict, uh, Nana Otum uh, Asari uh, carved a drum and said, It means I will not worship you again. And then he left the territory. And other groups from Nana Otumufo's group also moved straight to uh, the eastern corridors, so the uh, western corridors. So they went to Hafasin, they are in the Côte d'Ivoire. There up to the north of the Côte d'Ivoire. So when they went, the Adriana group that when they went to settle there, and then Nana Otofu Asari and his group moved all the way to the eastern region. 
according to other historians, they are saying when they are on, on their way, moving through the central region, the Fantis saw the long trek of people, and they say, so they became people on the road that have a long line of people. That's an interesting point, because I've heard other people say the reason they are called Akwamu is because in the time that they were powerful, they were slave raiders, and they were waiting in the road to capture migrant groups into so i don't know whether you know of that theory so, of them yeah, that so that is the in fact the original version if you go back to the work done by rumor okay in 1605 he goes on to talk about the fact that when he interviewed Saseku back in the day that was the name because the, all the other academic group and that was what the Akomus were doing. They were very powerful. So they lie in wait on the paths and then they capture other neighboring groups. And that is one of the main reasons why all the Akari groups came together in 1730 to fight them. So that, I think, even is the true meaning of their name as opposed to this current revisionist interpretation of the name as people who were on that mm -hmm. long trajectory yeah. of, uh, of, of migration. But be that as it may, let's continue the story. So, so this is people, Fifo yeah. Himan area, some moved to Hafasini, some moved to Cote d'Ivoire, but the core group moved into the eastern yeah, region. Yeah, the, the group led by Nana Otomofua Asari. So they moved to eastern regional corridors, getting close to the Achems, and then they created their town called Asariman, which has now been corrupted to Isaman Kesi. So it was Asariman Kesi, Nana Asari's big town. And now it's called Isaman Kesi. So while they were there, they moved. There were incursions, and they moved away the Yanao Hill, which became Yanawase. They were, in fact, living down below the Yanao Hills. So that's where they were, and they created their pre-colonial kingdom of Akomu. So they moved down, got to Chifu area, some split and went west, some moved east to Asarimankese, which yeah. became Asarimankese, and then came down to, to the Yanao Hill. Hill, which is where they were now settling. settling. So at the height of Akomu power, we can say they were living within the Yanao Hill area. Yeah. And it was there that they became so powerful. And so they started engaging in expansionism. Mm -hmm. So in the expansionism, they were able to move to the northern Crepe, northern Volta region, and conquer Crepe as the adversary state. They also went to the Amuno area, and they were able to capture some, some part of the Amuno when territory. When you say Crepe, Crepe includes the area that is now known as Peki. Peki, yes, and Huawei area. Anumboso, Peki. Yeah. So that whole area, the Aquamus were able to conquer. They, they were able to go under Tobi Kukudei, so it was serving him. And then they moved also to Aguna. They were able to conquer the Aguna in, in central region. Not in central. The Aguna Swedro areas. Okay. That is, yeah. So they were able to under King Yanko Ekubi. After that, then they also moved to Accra. And then they defeated the guns. Hey. So the guns were under commission for over 27 to 30 years. Okay? When they defeated them, and then guns have to fle flee from Accra all the way to uh, uh, where it's now called Aneo. That's where they went to keep the stool, as the gun history will tell you. So Akwamus are fighting Crepe and Angola to the east. They are fighting Agona to the west. They are fighting Ga to the south. Yeah. Did they ever fight Ashanti and Dentra? No, because of the distance. So you, you, when you want to expand your immediate surroundings, you begin to conquer those people be before you can move further. And then they are neighboring to the Equiapim, the Guans, 
that were there, they also started conquering the Guan Hills. So the, the hilly Guans were also conquered and they came under the power of Aquamu. So Aquamu at the height of his power, this is in the 1700s? Yes. No, this is in 16 to 17. Uh -huh. It started. So it was at this height that they, they had opportunity to trade directly with the the Danes, the Danes people at the uh, Osu Castle. And, and because of that power over the guard too, they were able to also infiltrate the guard state. So some of their people, you can find them in the Otubrohum areas, where we call the Otubrohum, or, or that's the two people, they are coming also from Akwamu. So that is where they settled. And then in the Osu too, the majority of them also came to settle there. So you have uh, the Omabos, Note of Mabos and all these people from Amanokuru that also trace directly to the Osude. I see. Uh -huh. So that shows you the power of Akomu. In fact, in 1693, the famous Akomu warrior, trader, and a royal, Asemeni, was even able to use tricks and lead, led about 80 armed men, pretending to be cooks, to overpower the governor, Jensen, and, then, and his people, and injure many of them. Jensen himself had to flee to Fort Kravakei and for him to rule as a governor of the, of the Christabon Castle for a year and even took the keys, which is now uh, material history for the people of, uh, of Akwamu today. This is the Heritage Month, our honor series. We're looking at Eastern region and today our focus is on the Akwamu initially. My guest, we put Akwankra. Fascinating history about the warrior-like group called the Aquamus, who were ensconced in the Yano area, originally from Adriana. The story hasn't ended because apparently they ended up in the Bono region, and we'll talk about that too. But I just wanted to clarify the Asamani issue. So Asamani wasn't actually a chief, he was a royal. He's a royal. And the legend is that he, for a period, conquered Christian War Castle in Osu. Yeah. You're saying at the height of Aquamu power, they were trained with the Danish. How long was this conquest for? And is he the guy whose um, statue we see when you get to the runabout when you're driving to Atimpoku? That is it. That's so, Asameni. Yes, that's Asameni. So Asameni did very well, except that over a year, he gave up and negotiated with the Danes and he was paid and he went back. So over a year, the, some of the Akomu people themselves became casualties of war to the Danes and they were sent to U.S. Virgin Islands where they went to rebel and because they were royals so when they, they themselves were slave raiders selling people and then when they found themselves as victims in u.s virgin islands which used to be called the danish virgin islands they engaged in rebellion that sort of gave them some freedom there so i see so how long did aquamu power last and what led to the decline so, so the Akomo power last because of the capability, military skills, and then war expansionism, as well as skills in trading. So there were a lot of traders uh, back in the day. They had a monopoly. And when you talk about the Eastern Seaboard, they were able to capture all the way from Winneba Beach, all the way to Keta. Ah. They were controlling that uh, uh, transatlantic trade with the Europeans. Mm. So this gave them a lot of money, ability to also buy ammunition to engage in wars. So this is what gave them more powers. Wow. And based on this, they also engage in extra judicial behavior. 
doing some things against their neighboring uh, territories. And this will lead to a, a sort of animosity between them and all these. So they used to fight the various Akan groups against them. Yes. So over the years, not only Akan group, even with the Gaia groups, because of their overbearing attitude at the height of their power. Mm. And as a result of this, what we, we saw is that there is, they started to bring about some sort of uh, uh, alliances among this account group. Mm -hmm. So this thing started, as you were asking me from the time, so from the period of 1650s or 1640s all the way to 1730, mm -hmm. Akomu was the power, the powerhouse when it wow. comes to the account group in the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. So what happened was that when the overbearing nature reached its apogee, this ethnic groups, particularly the first people to cry about the Akomus over bearing attitude were the healing ones. So the healing ones invited the Ebuakwa people and then Kotoku people, King, uh, the King, uh, the King Fempo Mansu of Kotoku. So Fempo Mansu of Kotoku also called on his Fanti allies, people from the coast. So the Fantis joined, and the people even from, uh, how do you call it, um, Asim, also joined. So the Asin send the Anifahene, Moses Nana, Prajinsam. So Prajinsam also led the Asin group to the area. So wow. that is why there's a work I did for the Kushia people. I write about the Kushia people in the making of the Ekwapimi state and, in, and the independence of Ga and Aguna states. So Prajinsam was like a war of independence. Yes, it was a war of Akwamu independence. Was oppressing all the all, all the people. Mm. So they came in wow. and then they fought. So the, the, the alliances were the Ga, yeah. the some Ewe groups, the the Atim groups, wow. who were originally the people who were leading the war but needed the yeah. allies. So they came with this alliance group, and the guys they were fighting for their life. Because they have been on the Akomu powerful over 30 years and they need their independence, so they want to introduce war at Nsechi. So, by 1730, mm -hmm. they were able to conquer the Akomu groups and chase them until they fled from their, from their community at Yanawase and then cross the river to the current place they are hiding in the Volta Hills mm. today. Who was Ansasasraku? So Ancestors Reku was uh, one of the powerful chiefs. It was during this time that the war occurred. So if you look at the history of Andumabu, and uh, then who came to this war, even had the opportunity to take the children of Ancestors Reku and send them to Andumabu and then marry them. One of them married Bruce. The ancestors today are the Mensa Woods as well as UN Secretary General Kofi Annan hmm. through that line. That is why during the celebration of Kofi Annan, you saw the Akomu people coming through uh, a Francis line hmm. of that uh, celebration. So these were the Akomu people. We know that the, in history in school, we are told that the Akwamus helped the Ashantis defeat the Dinchera. But we're also told that eventually the Akwamus fell to the Achims, which is the war you just described, because the Achim mobilized forces. So, I don't want to go into the whole danger. We can do danger on a separate day, but I just want to know the reason between the Aquamus and the Asantis because we're also told that Okonfuanoche was on the Wukugua, which is very close to where the Aquamus were. So, not getting into all of that, what's the relationship between Aquamu power, Dentra power, and Asante power? Were they equally powerful within a certain period, or one's rise led to another's fall? So, the rise we say the Dentra and then Aquamu. And then it interspersed within a period. 
But the Dentua power we know came to an end by 1700s mm -hmm. from the 1640s mm -hmm. to by 1697. There was a war between the Ashantis and then I won't even call it Ashanti because I will call them the pre Ashanti states because they were independent states like Kwaman, Mampong, Kumewu, and others. So it is after the war before they become Ashanti people have come together because of war these independent states mm -hmm. so what happened was that um that was the connection so the akumu power uh, merges with that of Dentra. and then while akumu was still at their power ashanti state also emerged to join because we are told and the, ashanti outlasted yeah. akumu you are given a difference between akumu and ashanti and Dentra in the sense that you are saying the akumu were not necessarily interested in statehood they were more interested in conquering they were traders as against ashantis who were trying to build yeah some what's, what's the difference so in when that? you go you see that the ashantis deliberately had a statecraft trying to and they had a lot of invention bureaucracy creating certain offices with intention to last to last so you see actual state burden which has been the blueprint that today most of the chieftaincy uh, are taken from so they built on what Akumu has done, they built on what Dentra has done, and they became they perfected it. And so they adopted from both sides, yes, and, and created, they also okay. opened their doors mm. for people from various ethnic groups to come in. And then they, under the confinement, they come out with a concept called Obintro Biase. Okay, wherever you come from, nobody needs to show where you are coming from just to ensure unity. It is just like the Ghana people talking about Ablekuma, Abakuma world. Yes, yes. Which is how when you go to Mensia, you see different places for different groups and yeah. all of that. I just wanted to sort of wrap up on the decline of Akwamu. So it was this war that the Achim sort of led, that led to the defeat of the Akwamus. Mm -hmm. We do know that Akwamus helped the Ashanti against the Dinshira. But what I was wanted to do was to wrap up the movement because I've heard people talk about places in BA. For example, Adwai Boafari wrote a book about her father. And if you read the book, she refers to the links between Doma and parts of the Akwamu state, which I do not, I, I, I'm not sure I got, got the full story. So you started from Ediana. Uh, 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 well, that's just part one of our conversation on the Eastern region. We were talking about the Akwamu. The discussion continues tomorrow. Speaking to Kuku Dakwankra. Some fascinating people and places as we drive along the Heritage Caravan. That's our honest series for today.